0: Very cool. I uh, give it a 7 out of 10. It's Israeli. I didn't give it a 7 out of the 10 because it's Israeli. I realized I needed a period there. It's a 7 out of 10 bottle of wine. Love the country of Israel and the nation of the, the Jews. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Radiopania, episode number 114, your nerdy public radio for all things entertainment and pop culture. My name is Zach Ritello, at Zach Ritello, on Twitter and sitting across from me drinking a nice Israeli is John Fonson Parker.
0: <laughs> it's a dry, it's a dry Israeli red like the Dead Sea. Just like uh. the Dead Sea father.
2: <laughs>
0: What's going on buddy? Not much man, how's your evening going? You you
1: were cooking up some dope at the Uzi in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> you're, you're getting really into cooking in uh, right now. I've, I've been noticing your cooking Snapchats, you're really taking a cue from our friend Ralph the Baker.
0: Yeah, he's really inspired me. And so is Hell's Kitchen. I've just been hitting the fucking bricks when I'm out there. You know what I mean? And just like getting fresh ingredients. Yeah. Cooking up dope shit. Making the house smell good. Well, I'm sure. Know. I'm literally sure impressing, loving it, that impressing. Yeah, I was going to say, literally impressing no ladies, just my roommate <laughs> to <Tahir>, here. So <laughs> that's the way it should be. Bros. before Mejorhos. Yeah. Oh, I am I wish I was to here
1: right now. That way I could have some of your, what was it? Lemon pepper au jus, garlic oleo, or whatever you
0: had this evening? Yeah, that was all for me. Uh, he's gone, but I did make uh, I did make some stakes last week that he was he cried over. That's how good they're cried over. <laughs> that's good. that's when you know it's good, as if it's he did like the bruise meme bruise. where you go like
1: bite your, bite <laughs> Antonio your front Banderas. Double. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was like that. All time GIF right there. Good stuff. Cool, cool. Yeah, well, good to hear that you're good. We've got a big show to get to, so I'll go ahead and how just... are you? plug it out i'm good thanks for asking everybody yeah. you know I, I appreciate that that means a lot to me that you'd ask how i'm doing
0: i care about you sometimes yeah, <laughs> <laughs> i'm
1: good man busy busy um work crazy life crazy yeah pop culture Should we crazy lead off
0: the a quick sneak peek of the news flashpoint how's svb treating you this week svb silicon valley bank
1: oh <laughs> Um, <laughs> Yeah, in in an effort to not get a uh, to get in trouble by work, yes, I do work with a company that does do stuff with SVB, Same. which is a national headline. You yep. you as well, yeah. Just one client, but just one client. Yep. Um, will not be named. Yeah, it's. I'm also going to not name my corporation or company rather. Um, it minimal impact so far. Today was a rough day. Um, yeah. Just answering questions, but. Mm, Not as bad as I anticipated. I think I built it up in my head because all that news broke on Friday, and I had the whole weekend to be like, all right, well, I better enjoy this time and use every ounce of my free time before I become a miserable sack of shit. Sure. Uh, But today, not terrible, so we'll see how tomorrow goes. Okay,
0: cool. How about you? Um, Works fine. My beef is more with a national company that I don't mind calling out, which is our good friends in purple, FedEx. You guys can go fuck right off. <laughs> What's FedEx bullshit. doing dude? <laughs> they do have you? missed the last three Friday pickups for packages mm-hmm. from our office. Wow. And uh, their customer service is very unhelpful. Um, it is a personal project of mine to improve that part of our business. And they are making it really hard to want to do business with them to the point that I've suggested switching to the boys in Brown. So <laughs> we'll see if that happens or not. But Did you uh, like cut off the FedEx driver at a four-way? like intersex or something now like he's just got joker's feet. favor yeah, yeah he's getting. got <laughs> <laughs> he's told off the joker <laughs> no i don't know what's going on honestly and i don't want to dive into it on a on our yeah, podcast yeah, yeah, necessarily yeah. but like i don't know if any listeners out there want to email the show at radio show at com and send me other things that you've had with fedex
1: if you or someone the you department. know works for FedEx, please write in to Radiovania Show at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> the you side can also... effects of FedEx
0: could be <laughs> aneurysms. <laughs> Blood loss. Loss of libido. <laughs> yeah. You can go to RadioVania.com. No problems catch in that up. department. I didn't make
1: that abundantly clear. Uh, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> write that down. <laughs> I'm very, very glad to hear that. Um, yeah. So go to radiovania.com, check out our old episodes, email the show, radiovania show at gmail.com. Follow us at Zacatello, at Najethan Parker, at Radiovania on all social medias except for Instagram, where we are Radiovania Show. Um, interesting things happening in the world. We don't really talk about the business aspect of Radiovania too much, but I've got um Spotify. So we do our broadcasting through Anchor, which is now changing. I don't know if you've heard about this, but Anchor. The podcast service that Spotify launched is now turning into Spotify for podcasters. So they're dropping the anchor brand. What yeah. that means for the ad read, no idea. So everybody enjoy my sultry tones of the anchor it's ad so good. read. Before money. it
0: goes real money, I can hear you doing the <laughs> hand things whenever you say it. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I'm very, vo- when
1: I do my ad reads, I'm very vocal with my hands. <laughs> like, hey, hey, come on. So. Yeah. Who knows? We might get new sponsorships. We might lose some sponsorships. It's going to be a, it's going to be a different world so far. change has been minimal. They've been upgrading the platform. So we're sticking with anchor or Spotify for podcasters as far so far. We'll see what happens down the road. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So check us out there. Spotify is a big, is a cool place to listen to us. I think that generates the most ad revenue. So if you're going to listen to our podcast anywhere, we'd appreciate you listen to Spotify while you can before they, they fuck us. Love you,
2: Spotify.
1: <laughs> Love you. Beautifully said. <laughs> I'm also getting more into. I used to use Overcast a lot, but I've started to switch. um I've started to use Spotify for podcasts more, and I'm I'm enjoying it.
0: Okay, I, I only use Spotify for podcasts, which is why my minutes listened on my year in review was eighty thousand minutes last year.
1: And that's another reason I kind of want to do it selfishly is like the year in review. Like I want to see my analytics like Overcast yeah, doesn't sure. track that. Apple Podcasts does not track that. I would love to see how many podcasts and hours of content I listen to at the end of the year because it must be staggering because I'm always sure. listening to podcasts or or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I always have something on. Can't be alone with my own thoughts, you know. No, I I can't
1: Aaron <laughs> Rodgers it. I, I'm absolutely not going to a darkness retreat and being alone with my own thoughts in a dark room for three days.
0: You don't want to hang out in a dark room for like two weeks and then go play for the Jets? <laughs> <laughs> That's not confirmed yet, right? He hasn't made any. He, there's been no, no like, major it, I mean, come on, Where else is he going to go? He wants to go to a big city. That's it.
1: Yeah, Miami's off the table. Las Vegas is off the table. Las Vegas signed Jimmy G.
0: Did you see that? I did, yeah. So Good for them. Jimmy G is gonna get arrested in Las Vegas within three months of the NFL season starting, so it's not gonna <laughs> what's, matter.
1: What's the code from Silent Jane, Silent Bob Strike Back, or whatever? He's like, I, he's a hooker, dead hooker in his trailer. That's gonna be <laughs> Jimmy G, <laughs> the Jimmy G code. Ha <laughs> ha! I didn't even have a hooker today. <laughs> All right, well, thank you all for listening to this week's episode, episode 114. It's going to be a good one. We've got a lot of stuff to cover today, including our recap of the 2023 Oscars um, and the finale of HBO's The Last of Us. Those are going to be the big, big topics of conversation. Heard of it. Mm, Yeah, it's a a show. It's a show. It's a a show. It's
0: a game, too, right? Eh, It's
1: based on some source material. I heard it's okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm excited to hear your thoughts about it because I don't know anything about this property.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna learn you something real good. I think I, th- I think that you've got a future with this IP. I'm just okay. saying. I think that's you got a future with it.
0: So that's good to know. I need something to get into. Mm.
1: So stay tuned for all that fun, fun, fun. Um, but in the meantime, John, what you been up to?
0: Uh, well, since the last we since last we spoke, I've been uh watching the same television show starring Pedro Pascal that we talked about in the last episode, which is The Mandalorian Season 3 and The Last of Us, and the latter of which we will talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also been watching HBO's miniseries We Own This City, which uh, premiered last year on HBO Max. It's a six-episode miniseries developed by the creators of uh, The Wire, which premiered on HBO back in the 2000s. It is a, essentially the... Um, unofficial child of The Wire. It also takes place in Baltimore. However, this is a little bit more of a historical fiction. It actually features people that really existed in real life and had, you know, things involving with it. And Zach, you know, I gave you the sales pitch last night. John Bernthal is a rogue cop. Need I say more? That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's obviously a lot of of other featured cast members that I really like and some great performances there, but that was kind of the when I was scrolling through HBO, that was one of the things that drew me in, and I love a good uh, corrupt cop story. So definitely worth checking out if you're interested in The Wire, if you're interested in John Bernthal, if you're interested in um, police corruption, which is not necessarily a fun topic per se, but important, I think. Sure, definitely.
1: Um and it is. I mean, the creators of the show are tied to the wire. Like they are the original creator, so it's spiritually yep. kind of a successor. It, there's no ties to that universe, though, right? Like they don't no, reference I think the, characters. No, the
0: wire is fictional, like through and through, right? With the exception of like occasional nods to like the president and such so sure
1: i wasn't sure if maybe they made like a clever tongue-in-cheek reference to it to it it makes sure think that it might be in the same universe at all it's but.
0: not because five or so of the actors are in the wire as fictional characters and they're also in this show as real people so there you go. Never mind. fictional characters um but yeah man john bernthal what a fucking stud that guy just crushes it in every role that i've ever seen him in um Love him as the Punisher, obviously, which we'll talk about later. There's a little sneak peek for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's really good in uh, Baby Driver for the little bit that he's in. That's yeah, really fucking driver. sick when he's in that movie. I mean, Wolf of Wall Street, like the list goes on and on. Sicario, like he just is, he's a good character actor who's really kind of Fury. Have you seen Fury, the Tank movie? Never saw it. Okay. It's a good one. Um, he's just kind of taken on this, like, machismo man type persona almost like a Sylvester Stallone if he was like a good actor you know what I okay. mean um, but yeah he plays a he plays a real person real police officer named Wayne Jenkins who's the sergeant of the gun trace task force and pretty much the premise of the show is that they are cops who take a little bit off the top without reporting it back to the station so Wayne Jenkins per- portrayed by John Bernthal not the actual human who I don't think is a good guy Stating that for the record But this portrayal um, has definitely vaulted that that character of a television show into my uh, what I want to call the uh, rogue cop Mount Rushmore featured by me. (laughs) What is specific around Mount Rushmore? So here's the Mount Rushmore, Zach, because I know you were going to ask. Yeah. Uh, So imagine (laughs) you're going to South Dakota the Badlands or North Dakota, wherever that's at geography check. And you look up at Mount Rushmore and instead of the president's, you see a bunch of dirty fictional cops. All right. Do you want to guess one of the other ones that's on there besides Wayne Jenkins before I read them to you? Oh
1: Lord. Uh, I'm thinking, uh, fuck, uh, Mark Wahlberg from the other guys no <laughs> <laughs> he's not
0: really a rogue cop necessarily I, i'm finding uh, these it. guys as like people that are bad okay
1: uh don Riggles
0: is the cop from fucking the hangover
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: rob wriggle rob wriggles <laughs> no uh so here's my here's my dirty cop mount rushmore so we got wayne jenkins played by john bernthal and we own the city like i mentioned okay. little bill played by gene hackman in the movie unforgiven you ever seen unforgiven Never seen Unforgiven. Well, actually, you know, I've seen clips. I've not. I've never sat down and I think and watched the whole thing. One of the most terrorizing villains of all time. Great uh, West, you know, frontier lawman who's definitely corrupt. Um, Alonzo, as per- portrayed by Denzel Washington, in one of my favorite movies, Training mm-hmm. Day. I should great. have thought about Training Day. I was like, great I, role. I bet, And yeah. then uh, Colin Sullivan, as per- portrayed by Matt Damon, in the great film The Departed.
1: Oh, I thought about Rushmore. the departed too, but I thought maybe I was gonna guess like Leo, but Matt Damon is yeah, the well,
0: report. Leo is a good cop pretending to be a criminal, whereas Matt Damon is a criminal pretending to be a cop. Are oh, you a cop? swear you're not a cop. I just watched that this weekend, actually. So <laughs> the departed. Mm-hmm. Huh? Megan had not seen it, and I was like,, I know what we're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> What'd she think of the departed? Loved it. You seen yeah. it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spoilers for 30 seconds when the elevator opens and Leo just gets domed. She was like distraught. I was like, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it's a pretty brutal moment. Yeah. It might yeah. be one of the most un,
1: uh Just unceremonious deaths in the history of film. It's pretty it's pretty
0: horrifying. Yeah. That whole sequence. Yeah. Is and then, Yeah. The last the last 20 minutes of The Departed, I think, are pretty flawless, honestly, like. Such a good movie. I love Scorsese, man. He's got some wild takes on making films. You know what I mean? It's good stuff. Like, same thing with Goodfellas. Another one of my favorites. Just, like, everything sure. you love. it They do this great thing where in most of his movies, it's like taking a drug where, like, you get up to the high point. And then when you come down towards the end of the movie, everything starts falling apart, which I think is really interesting. So, yeah. But anyway, yeah, we own this city on HBO. Go check it out. Cool. And then stay tuned uh, for more uh, Mount Rushmores in the future. Okay.
1: (laughs) I'm looking forward to the next one. Mount Rushmore of Little Green uh, Jedi. Here we go. Um, Grogu. Yoda.
0: (laughs) Yaddle. Uh, Kid Fisto. (laughs) Uh, He's not little, but he's green. I'm just going to go with green Jedi. Um, Did they have to be green or have a green lightsaber? They have to be green, don't they? I would assume they would. Their body's green. Got to okay, be green body. Okay. Then the fourth one is gonna be that guy with like the fin head that Django just like shoots the shit out of in Attack of the Clones. You know that guy? He like he gets up. They're in the arena in Geonosis, and Count Dooku's just up there watching shit. This Jedi comes out of nowhere, okay. pulls out a lightsaber, and Django's just like pew pew pew, and the guy gets like platoon shot like five times, and then falls off the balcony. Yeah, he's on the Mount
1: Rushmore for sure. And then he lands, he lands next to Anakin and he's like, earn this, earn this.
0: Earn this. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, sorry, master. I couldn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> and this <is> the subtitles, <laughs> earn this, earn this. Yeah. Uh, Attack of the Clones, what a film.
1: Yeah. Briefly, I'll just say I've been still playing through Hogwarts Legacy. This has been – so besides the main stuff that we're going to talk about, Oscars, Last of Us, Mandalorian, like – it's really been like kind of a lull. I haven't gone to the theater in what feels like fucking forever. I mean, the yeah. last movie I saw in the theater was Ant Man, but that feels like eons ago. I don't know.
0: No, I yeah, still. Yeah, I agree. I, bear. There's two movies in the theater that I want to see. It's just been hard to pony up and go. You know.
1: Sure. What is the other one? I'm guessing number one. Three, three. Creed. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Okay. Majors, Majors hive we up. Majors. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, so I've still been playing Hogwarts Legacy. I'm about fifteen hours in. I've had a little bit more time this week to play it. Um, still great. This this game is massive, man. Like it. Yeah. It's crazy. Like it's not just Hogwarts the castle that you're running around. It's like also Hogsmeade, but then the surrounding mountains and villages. You of... go to Diagon Alley. I have not been to Diagon Alley yet. I uh, I have uh, I've been to Gringotts, but I've not been to Diagon Alley, and I'm you not sure.
0: The- you go to Mrs. Weasley's house, and give her a kiss for me. You know what I mean, Miss. So, <laughs> it, you want to kiss Molly Weasley, dude? <laughs> Molly me. Weasley's a fucking milf and a half, uh, absolutely. <laughs> you just <laughs> like her because she's a good provider, good mother. She's awesome, yeah. yeah and she kills good. Bellatrix. It's dope. She's a good. Always character. wanted
1: to use that spell. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. Um, no, but there is a Professor Weasley, uh, who I'm thinking is grown-up Ginny, but I can't really tell. They're really unspecific with the time period and the names. Yeah. Um, You'll find out when you
0: accidentally sneak into the restricted section of the library and she's getting bent over by Harry Potter. Like, that can stay up here if you'd like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, yeah. But awesome. yeah, Have no. you got
1: your broom yet? Yes, I have my broom, so I'm fast traveling all around this bitch. Um, can you
0: fly between stuff or do you only fast travel on the bridge? No, no, no. You can fly around. So okay. there's so certain- you could Red Dead to it if you wanted to travel the whole distance yourself.
1: Yeah, you could walk it if you wanted to. But <laughs> kind, of, kind of a fucking – what kind of mudblood am I? I'm not walking around. I'm like I'm taking no, that. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's a. You can only lift off from the broom in specific sections. So if you're in Hogsmeade and you try to pull out the broom, it's like I don't think this is a good opportunity to ride my broom yet, or
0: whatever. So but so this, uh, this adds to your theory of if Rockstar made this, because if Rockstar made this, you could just dive bomb your broom into a building. <laughs> yes. Huh. It, uh,
1: if Rockstar made that, so I just finished a quest earlier where I bought a I bought a shop, right? So there's a shop in Hogsmeade that, that is vacant that you can buy and start selling things out of.
0: Wait and a second. aren't you a student? Mhm. How does that work? I got that paper, dog. I got that paper. <laughs> where? How you get money? You sell shit. So you get you get, like this seems like the NCAA needs to get involved. <laughs> it's selling the likeness rights for these fucking footage players yeah wait a second so you are a student in a hogwarts is it your first year fifth year your fifth year you're a transfer the whole story
1: starts as you're a transfer Uh, to hogwarts on your fifth
0: year but you're still fifth year which means you're 15 years old and you're telling me that you are selling i have enough money to buy a buy
1: i have enough money to buy a shop at hogsmeade what do you sell um what do I sell? So it's like a it's a place where you can sell your own things that you find to other people. So it's like you have a you have a house <laughs> elf that chills there and you walk up and you're like, Yo, I found this fucking cloak and this goddamn cave over here but i don't i don't want it it's like a level 44 defense so i'm gonna give it to you and then the elf is like okay
0: master i'll sell this cloak and then you come back a little bit later and they sold the cloak and i'm like fucking egg wait (laughs) so you are you are employing slaves which are house elves
1: that was what that was what i was gonna say so there's a quest that i just completed where you buy this shop and then you there's a house elf that's in the vacant shop and then at the end Mm. of the quest it's like you you have to that ass essentially Basically, but at the end of the quest, you ha- you find like an article of clothing, it, and the dialogue options don't let you say you don't want to give the clothing option to the elf. You okay. g- you have to give it to the elf, and then the elf says, "Thank you so much for making me free, but actually, I want to stay here and work in your servitude." Good, <laughs> and-
0: good loophole, <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's like an Attack of the Clones where Watto's like. Yeah, Lars freed your mom and married her. It's like, okay, so the pitch was I'll free you from slavery if you if marry you me. pork me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh yeah, but I was like, if Rockstar made this game, you could absolutely enslave this goddamn elf. There's Jesus like Christ. there's like no question about it. The only um, so
0: that your pitch to me right now is essentially clerks in Hogwarts. You're just oh. like, <laughs> you got a fucking quick stop set up at the Hogsmeade.
1: It's <laughs> how we did it in hogsmeade son
0: <laughs> jesus christ no yeah now if you could get like a fucking um like a goblin and somebody stand out in front of your store 15 galleons little man <laughs> put that shit in my head yeah it, the game
1: is the game is deep man i mean it's crazy i'm excited to see what people do with like mods because it's gonna be funny as hell to see people yeah. like mod in like. True you can go to the strip club or whatever like in hogsmeade like you go to the three broomsticks and it's just like (laughs) and then like um but it i don't know dude the game is undeniably super fun like it's so deep you could lose hours of your life to it like um yeah you get different quests where it's like okay you start a day it's like what do I want to do today? Do I want to go to potions class and learn how to brew this new potion that's going to make me stronger on the road to, like, fight these goblins? Or do I want to go spend time with my friend uh, – what's her name? There's a Hufflepuff girl that I've been, like, really feeling, and so I'm, like, trying <laughs> to hang out with her as much as possible <laughs> to try and get in them –
0: try to get in them robes, you know what I mean? Is, then... this, like a, is this, like, a Pokemon situation where you get to name her? <laughs> <laughs> They're all pre-named. What's your rival's name? <laughs> Fucking – queef lord (laughs) (laughs) um
1: no her name's poppy i just remembered yeah her name's poppy oh poppy
0: that's not
1: not a a very good name they totally stole that from rings of power (laughs) sure but she's she really likes she's a hufflepuff like like me i'm in the hufflepuff you know hufflepuff puff pass what up baby (laughs) pass that message on and uh She's a Hufflepuff like me, but she's really into like, fan- she's into beasts. So she's like, there's a quest where you go with her and like see a, a, a hippogriff that she's like befriended. And um, I was playing the game the other night with Emily was laying on the couch and she was like watching me play this game. And I start this side quest with this girl and she's like, I have this beautiful, like wonderful thing I wanna show you. And I was like, she, I was like I've got a fantastic beast and I'm gonna show you where to find it. She's like, gross. <laughs>
0: She's like, she's
1: like these kids are like, <laughs> like sixteen.
0: <laughs> At least you're being true to yourself. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, so she's a Hufflepuff in the sheets, but a Slytherin in, in the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: no, I want a Hufflepuff. I want a Hufflepuff in the streets, but a Slytherin in the sheets. Is that, what oh, you is you said? that
0: not what I said? I think you said I, I want I, a Hufflepuff in the sheets and a Slytherin in the sheets. Two people, yeah. <laughs> One of each.
2: <laughs>
0: Wait, so um, that's i think funny. i asked you this last time but you don't exactly know what time it's in so like no hagrid no dumbledore stuff like that okay cool
1: not a single voice actor or returning cast member from the original No johnny depp or anything like that no no johnny depp is <laughs> not in this video game and if he is what that's about mads my- mickelson <laughs> he got recast in the video game <laughs> i'm gonna hit the playstation button and just hit the uninstall real fast if i see johnny depp's ass show up in this goddamn video game
0: Um, With a jaw of
1: dirt. Help me. (laughs) But the the main point, the main takeaway is, man, I'm excited for you to eventually play this game because you're going to you're going to think it's hilarious. Like all the all the funny, goofy shit in the game. It's it's that's when we
0: should start the Twitch streaming because you've seen me talk to video games before and. You're going to talk to this game. (laughs) You're going to talk to it. This game
1: is going to speak to you. I'm excited to see. I'm excited. Oh, there's a hot professor. Oh, my God. She's the herbology, herbology right? Yeah. Whoo, Lord have mercy. <laughs> Every time I go to her class, I'm like, I'm been sending textbook. me some,
0: uh, some not safe for work content on this professor. <laughs> I've been sending her howlers with my dick. <laughs> Oh, God. That's so good. We would fucking have a field day talking about Harry Potter for like two hours. I know. The Uh, lore is so so deep that you can make so many inside jokes. It's hilarious. Man. Oh, Jesus. Good stuff. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to jump in when I get to it. Yeah, I'm excited for you too. Definitely
1: one of those games, Like, and I don't say this often, but this is worth the price of admission. Like, I think... Like seventy dollars for this game or whatever, you're gonna get your money's worth and then some. Like, I yeah. mean, this is this is hours. I, I've I've played for fifteen hours. I feel like I barely scratched the surface. So, if you're out there and you're interested in playing a Hogwarts game, like, I, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna love it. Like, people are gonna f- yeah. really enjoy it. The only negative is that the main story is not great, but I'm just having so much fun playing it that the main yeah. story just really doesn't
0: bother me. That it's like kind of lackluster. Gotcha. Okay. Good to know. But that's about it. Right? So, what um, is the main story so far, if you don't mind me asking?
1: No, I'll give you the abridged version. So, um, you're a student, you're a transfer, fifth year's transfer to Hogwarts, who's who becomes magic eventually. Like, I don't think you he knew that he was like magic, um, like a wizard, like early on.
0: Um, uh, but he found he gained, out when he was 15, or sounds she, like you,
1: yeah, dep- or they,
0: I mean, you can be that's cool. Know, so, they, they, they just wanted to rub it space that you could choose a non
1: yeah, and there there are um there are NPCs that aren't gender or sexual orientation specific like people will identify as different people but have like male that's voices dope. or whatever. and so very cool. I don't know. I mean I that's a whole nother can of worms that we don't even need to get into. like the idea of like sure. spending money on the game is it really is it, I mean it's definitely money in the pocket of JK Rowling who i who has said some Stuff that I don't necessarily agree with, but I think that I'm not going to punish the the developers for all their hard work on this game for the sins of one person. But that's just kind of how I roll. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the same. I'm not going to
0: stop reading those books. You know what I mean? It's just like. Separate the artist. It's just difficult. But I already own them, so I don't have to pay for them each time that I read them. So, mm-hmm. I bought them when she was cool. Uh, <laughs> those first editions, baby. Um
1: Mm-mm. No, yeah, the, that's basically the plot. You transfer as a fifth year There's some magical shenanigans that happen. There's a goblin that's, like, doing some bad shit that you're trying to, like, he's causing havoc to the people of Hogwarts, of the surrounding area of Hogwarts. So that's really all yeah. I know so far. It's pretty it's pretty basic. Like, there's not really—maybe it opens up. Maybe the story gets a little bit deeper and there's some more interesting things to it. But it's definitely not, like, a Voldemort, yeah. serious Black, uh, Order of the Phoenix-type deep story. Like, it's just kind
0: of—it's yeah. there. Let's say a couple more hours into it, Ray finds shows up as Voldemort. Make you mad at all or
1: uh No, I guess not. I mean, I would just be excited that Ray Fines was in a video game.
0: I think that would be kind of cool. But <laughs> um What if he walks in and he goes and they all go, Yes, Chef, we gotta talk about that. Yeah, I was gonna say that that's a, that's gotta be that's you it like for that the Hogwarts by like the that?
1: Hogwarts, great transition. Um, yeah, the, something else that you watched, a new movie. You you got around to seeing The Menu, and I think I only talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but now you we talked get to about kind of it, talk yeah, about it Yeah, Recently,
0: it was after the um, after we did our year in review, which you were remiss about because you wanted to add it into your your top-tiered movies of last year that came yeah. out. But yeah, I did. I watched The Menu this past weekend. Uh, I streamed it on HBO Max, so if you haven't gotten around to it and you have an HBO Max account, Check this shit out, dude. This movie oh, yeah. is sick. It's awesome. Sick. If, if you, you like, if you like Hell's Kitchen meets like Midsummer, <laughs> this is the movie for you. <laughs> that's a great.
1: <laughs> that's a great comp, man. Yeah, it, that's a great comp. It is. It is got that kind of like dark comedy Ari Aster sort of horrorish vibe, Very but then it's also comedy. like, yeah. yeah, it's it's like a it's like a cooking movie. Like I don't know, it's. It is such a wild subgenre film that, like, great ensemble too, just fantastic. Like, uh, fucking John Leguizamo, fucking killing it over here. I love Anya Taylor Joy. Ray Fiennes is awesome. I thought Nicholas Holt
0: is really good in the movie. It's a good role for him ass. because, yeah, he doesn't really often play a dick, and it was cool to see him have a little bit of range. Hong Chow's in it, who was nominated for an Oscar for the Whale. Yeah, But she's really good in it as, like, the maitre d' kind of role. She's yeah, fucking terrifying. I was in love with this movie. I think They're this movie called Tortillas. Directed by, <laughs> Directed by Mark Mylod. Um, yeah. Who hasn't done a whole lot of anything. No. Nope. The – what's the part that – can we spoil it now? Can we?
1: Yeah, spoilers for the menu. I mean, it, go watch it. Just skip ahead, like, a couple minutes, like two or three minutes. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I think you Let's should do... watch it.
0: Let's do two have... starting from now. Yeah.
1: Okay. I've got my eye on the timer.
0: So <laughs> when they take everybody outside and they give all the guys the opportunity to run away, and then he's just like, all right, go get them. And then, like, all the people start chasing them. I'm like, that is terrifying. This is fucking it's fucking awful. It's so fucked up. But honestly, like, I, the movie, like, I was really entertained by it. Um yeah. But the moment that it got me was the cheeseburger scene. The oh, cheeseburger yeah. The cheeseburger scene was legitimately, like, one of the most – enjoyable nuance twist to like a thriller yeah. that I've seen in a long time, maybe on par with barbarian with the the sharp sure. turn to Justin long or something like that. But yeah, this movie is dope. And then the ending where they're all human s'mores is nuts. <laughs> I was like, I was like, as soon as they started putting the marshmallows on people, I was like, no, no. <laughs> I <was> like, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Yeah, I love the
1: all the dark stuff, the dark elements. I thought was great. I just love the different dynamics and that you get to sit with different people for a while. Like you get to learn about each different table, and the way that they slowly reveal more and more about these people and who they are and their history and how they're interconnected. Like, so fascinating. Like it's just a really tight movie that's really engaging. I found myself laughing a lot. One of the lines I really liked. It's in the trailer, I think. But one of the lines I really liked where, where he was like, he was like do you have student loans or whatever? And she's like, no, or whatever. I went to Brown or whatever. He's like, you're going to die. <laughs> that shit cracked me up. Just his, Ray Fiennes, dude, just what a, what a man. That, that, that guy is he's, such a good actor. Um, good. Yeah. And good. the other thing, that special shout out is, yeah, the food looks amazing. It's, it's like hot shots of like really cool looking food and like all the platings are really beautiful. Um, but uh, the... Um, Shit, what was I gonna say? Fuck. Oh, the title cards. The title cards is something I really like where it's like every time that there was a dish it had like this little, yeah. Yes. Super cool, like just a very unique concept too. So yeah, check it out. The menu is awesome.
0: That was perfectly two minutes. Nice job. Way to go, us. But yeah, the menu. The menu. sign that. You wanna talk about some uh, baby odes? Yeah, let's talk about uh, the Baby Yoda wah, wah, show. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, chapter eighteen, something or other. Yeah, I think it's episode chapter two 18. of season three, chapter eighteen. The Minds of Mandalore, and they call it a mine. I, I thought a about mine. that one. <laughs> what did you think of this uh, this week's episode of Mando? I liked it a lot more than the premiere, for sure. Uh, Especially as a fan of Bo-Katan, the character and the the lore that is imbued in me from watching the animated series with with all the Mandalore stuff, that was really cool to see. But also just like in terms of staging an episode, pretty much one location for most of it, with the exception of like this weird prologue in Tatooine at the beginning. Right. And like we're just off to the races, and there's just exactly what you want in Star Wars: comedy, action, heart. A little bit of fear with these monsters and then resolution and then mystery. Right. So it's just like a lot of the core elements of what I like about the show are, are really good. And honestly, like I think even though I don't think it's as strong of a premiere start for this season, if you take into you take the three episodes of Book of Boba Fett and tack it on to the beginning of this, we've covered a lot of ground since the end of season two, like in a very short amount of time and it yeah. just seems like they're really they're really like they know what they're going towards in some way shape or form to me at least um so yeah I, shout out to Katie Sackhoff I think that's easily her best episode so far so what did you think
1: I liked it better than the first one but I still didn't love it um I enjoyed it a lot more though I mean, I thought that the visuals were great I mean like I thought that nothing in this looked bad at all. I thought all the cave stuff was really cool. The broken down city of Mandalore was cool to see. Like yeah, all the yeah. environment shots were awesome. Um I know that we differ and disagree on this, but they got to get that they got to get that lady out of there. I ever, I can't <laughs> take her seriously. Uh, Amy Cedars?
0: I can't take her seriously. And now she's got she's a missing gonna, tooth. That's John Favreau's, like best friend. She's going to be in everything, dude. I everything.
1: I don't and how did Cal feel about the episode? Because the first like, 10 minutes are just Baby Yoda being cute Baby Yoda.
0: Yeah, I think he still, he still said that he liked it a lot more. He's reached a point, though, that I don't know if he's a reliable narrator to talk about the Mandalore. I love you, Cal, but you know it's true. <laughs> Insert your feelings. But uh, I did have... There's like. Yeah, if there's like a little bit too much Baby Yoda, then he's like, I'm out. But if there's, <laughs> if it makes sense and there's like some cool Star Wars mythology and just enough like canon based Easter eggs and stuff like that, I think he's he's sold. So. Yeah,
1: the uh, I very rarely get this in the Mandalorian, which is rare. I had a few of these moments during Book of Boba Fett where I'm like, oh, God, it's usually when I see something on screen that I'm like, why the fuck did you show me that? Um. Not just Star Wars specific, but it's like anything with bad CGI. Um, and I know that this is probably a practical effect, but it did not look good, and they should just have not. They should have done the first take and been like, "We're not using this." Was when Baby Yoda does like the flip out of the fucking thing and lands in Amy Sedaris's arms. I was yeah. like, I was like, why, why, why that
0: <laughs> stay in the edit? That looks terrible. It, you know, I think. I don't particularly like that scene at all for a number of reasons. Um, I honestly forgot that that was in this episode until you brought it up.
1: She's like cracking wise with the pit droids. I'm like, what? What is this doing in here? This is, and that's what frustrates me about this show sometimes. Is that like. Um, I really liked the latter half of the show a lot, but I've been the one complaining about this show being the episodes are being too short. But when you have ten minutes of Amy Sedaris fucking around with pit droids, I'm like, maybe we don't need these episodes to be fifty minutes long. Maybe because if this is the best that they've got to tack on to make it, because this episode was what forty-seven minutes or something like that, forty-five. Like that. Yeah, so it was like considerably longer than the first one, but the substance. I don't know. You could have started this episode right when they're descending on the Mandalore. Would have made
0: no difference. The only reason Tatooine is to get R5. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's classic Star Wars. Like, we need uh, merch. So we need need a droid to put in the droid slot. Which, by the way, you know who that droid is, right? Yeah, it's got a bad motivator. Oh, man.
1: Um, And I really liked, by the way... um, the the cockpit the drop the droid drop for the mando ship is just like it has no care no reckless abandon for this droid because like he drops and hits the fucking ground yeah i mean no wonder he's got a bad motivator you're you're giving him a stone cold steve
0: austin stunner right on the fucking (laughs) goddamn concrete i feel bad for him honestly because like you know he's there's a there's been canon development for the droid but i don't want to get too far off my rockers talking about that necessarily but it's like <laughs> Character he was so close to hanging out with Luke Skywalker for the rest of his life and R2 gets the glory you know what I mean and I love R2 too you know this about me is one of my favorite one of my favorite people um and then Mando is just like people. <laughs> Mando gets duped into buying this guy instead of fixing IG-11 which I guess that was just a waste of 10 minutes in the prior episode and then he just needs a droid to monitor the atmosphere. So he just like takes this astromech droid, poops him out of his ship, and he's like, go check it out. And it's just like, all right, man, I made some questionable decisions in this episode. But I was more invested once. Grogu goes back and gets Bo-Katan and brings her. Yeah, I guess we should say spoilers for The Mandalorian, but whatever. It's not yeah, like anything yeah. really happened. Yeah, um, no, here's my, because I don't want to, you know, it was
1: good. It was. I'm interested more to talk. This, these episodes don't have much substance in them yet. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but there's like not been a big thing where I'm like, oh, we need to talk about this moment.
0: Um, I disagree, but that's okay.
1: What was the moment
0: for you? The mythosaur. What's the giant mythosaur? beast? Songs of eons past talk about the great Mandalore riding the Mythosaur. That's that beast in the water. That's the skull that's on Boba Fett's insignia. Oh,
1: That's what all the
0: Mandalorians base their mythology off of, is this beast that they're not entirely sure if it exists or not. And since no one's been on Mandalore, it's been chilling in the sacred waters. That's a big deal, because the armorer says in um, the episode of Book of Boba Fett when he's training with the saber or something like that, that mandalore the great once was able to ride the mythosaur that ushered in a new age of mandalorian mythology and so all roids are, all roads are you know pointing towards something happening with that thing all roids all but roids. also um bo-katan wielding the darksaber like a fucking boss like yeah, mando cool. is struggling to use it and it's clearly not destined for him at least i don't think it is um and I think I love the idea that they're building like this weird family unit with Mando, Bo-Katan and Grogu, where Bo-Katan really wants that saber and she wants to be the queen of Mandalore. Bo- uh, Gro- um, fuck, what's his name? Mando? Mando doesn't. And Grogu is just like, I like hanging out with people that aren't Luke Skywalker.
1: Yeah, so that's my so big question. Like- My big question is that uh, the Internet seems to think that this is the beginning of the the romance between Din Djarin and Bo-Katan. Do we think that is that uh, are you feeling pretty confident?
0: Not a chance. No romance there. Internet seems to think that there's something there. Yeah, well, that's unfortunately the Internet needs to stop because they thought the same thing about Kylo and Rey. And that's exactly what happened in Rise of Skywalker. And it made me really mad. So enough. Have you you learned friends with females? (laughs) If there's anything
1: we've learned is that Disney does really, really well when they take feedback from the internet, mm-hmm.
0: like firing that, James Gunn, that, <laughs> or that joke that joke cuts deep on so many levels. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing the only time they've really you know done good on that is uh, probably Gina Carano. So yeah, she's but off a the rocker. Thing.
1: Did you see that she Gina Carano's here's in a thing, movie though. about uh, it's like an anti Hunter Biden movie? Have you seen this? Yeah. That trailer. If you want to laugh out there, internet, go watch that trailer. It looks terrible.
0: I don't endorse her as a person, but I kind of miss that character. Don't I like that character, Cara Dune? No, I, I thought she was fuck, fuck about it. Say, dude,
1: Cara Dune. God, what did what she, she do? What did she even more? do?
0: She's a badass. She's fighting people and and killing stormtroopers and she took fought. down an ATST.
1: She fought fucking uh, Luda and goddamn Tyrese in
0: a goddamn subway. That's badass. She got her ass kicked by Letty. I mean, that was sick. She did get ass. Uh, <laughs> but no, I like I liked Kara Dune as a character.
1: I kind of wish I they don't... recast her. Maybe I need to go back and rewatch season one, but I don't remember like anything that she did. She shows up in that episode that I didn't like, the bottle episode on the planet, right? With the with the
0: villagers. Mm-hmm. That's all I remember. She, that's crazy to me that you don't like that. That's the easiest story ever Can like constructed in fiction. What dances what I mean. dances with Mando? No, it's uh, Magnificent Mando. It's <sighs> it's Magnificent Seven or Hidden. Uh, what's it? Hidden Fortress or no Seven Samurai is what the Kurosawa version is. Yeah, that's um, accurate. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, to be fair, though, if that paves the way for more Bo-Katan and Katie Sackoff action, I'm I'm kind of more on board with that because I think that character is actually really interesting and has some some stuff to contribute. Since Mando sure. refuses to take off his helmet now, so <laughs> it's nice to have somebody that will. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well,
1: you're enjoying the Mandalorian. That's good to hear. I'm I'm enjoying it. I I'm, I'm still not like in love with more it like I or was less than, so. uh,
0: than Obi Wan so far. Uh, less. Wow! I never thought I'd hear that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Obi Wan had uh, Ewan McGregor in him, man. I know it's for all the problems that I have with Obi Wan Kenobi, the show. At least that show, when Obi Wan's on screen, I'm like, ah, I like this. I like what's <laughs> happening right now. And then every time they cut away from him, I was like, Ooh. so like.
0: Ooh. <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot lately because, like, I enjoy watching it for for the fun that it is. But, like, sure, what would it take to really get you on board now?
1: With what, Mandalorian Season 3?
0: Um, What do you want them to do?
1: I would really like to know – I feel like the plot's a little just me. This is my problem I've had with this show in general, which is why I really like Season 2 when they started to streamline things a little bit. They're like, okay, we have an end destination. We need to get this kid to this place to get this, to call this person, to get him out of here. But right. now it's just like, all right. you You put it perfectly on Episode 113 where you were like – it's fucking Gunsmoke or whatever with Mandalorian. It's fucking Bounty Law. And I just don't know if I want that. Like I kind of – I think I want better narrative in Star Wars. Like I, I, not that it has to be the best narrative of all time. A New Hope is fucking a hero's journey with Luke Skywalker or whatever. So it's like that's a basic narrative. But I kind of at least want there to be more of a plot. That's what I'm waiting yeah. for is I'm waiting for Moff Gideon to come back. I'm waiting for – Um, there to be a clear the clear villain and a clear goal that's another thing i really liked about andor too is that like we're fighting for this thing we're starting a revolution we're going down this
0: path it's just like
1: i feel like season three yeah season three of mando has just been a little bit aimless for me so far but we're only two episodes in
0: yeah the thing that's weird to me is the all the promos for season three of the mandalorian the entire thing that we saw in terms of trailers has already been covered for the most part in these two episodes if you think about it, like all the trailers are just like, I have to go back to Mandalore to atone for my sins. And it's just like it shows all <laughs> that stuff great, and it shows it's a great playing around with baby odes and like Felimoto and all that stuff. And it's like honestly, I don't know what they're gonna do the next six episodes, but what I hope they do is who's worthy of the Darksaber. Let's get some fucking sure. let's get some Black Panther. You know, yeah. T'Challa versus Eric type combat trials going on, where Mando has to prove himself as a worthy wielder of the Darksaber against Bo-Katan. I like yeah. the idea of them Sounds teaming awesome. up in this episode, but you can you can kind of feel that tension still. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's that would be kind of cool to see. But yeah, I agree with you. Get fucking John Carlo back in here as soon as possible. So yeah, um, if there's a like a bottle episode of them breaking him out of federal prison, sign me up. Love prison breaks. It's good shit.
1: That's the other thing, too, that this show struggles with is that I don't like the side characters currently. Like, I like Carl Weathers, I, but they lost IG-11. I miss uh, Nick Nolte. I miss Yeah, fucking, Nick Nolte is
0: so good. They um, need to bring back uh, Bill, Burr. Bill Burr really badly. I need that guy to Isn't show Isn't that up. insane that he's, like, one of the best Star Wars characters that have introduced to the Disney era? He's great. great. That's one of the best episodes of of Star Wars television I've ever seen. Yeah, the, I think that in that's last awesome. season when him and Mando are driving that truck in the jungle, it's awesome.
1: That scene of them in the cafeteria, the story, it's so it's good. So <laughs> good. <laughs> it's that's so the good. second best ep- That's the that's the second best episode of Star Wars television. Period, in my opinion. Behind the rescue, the last episode. Of I still think the last episode of Mando season two is is the crowning achievement of what you can do with Star Wars television.
0: So you like the rescue and redemption more than, like, the Aldani heist and Andor and stuff like that? Yes. Right, I like the take, man. I like the take. You know what my favorite episode of Star Wars television is? My name is Kino Loy. We have taken over the prison. (laughs) One way out, man. That's just the the king. It's It's a good. good
1: episode, yeah. It's so good. Um, last last note on the Mandalorian before we move into the news flashpoint is, um, I, I've been conditioned, I think, with watching The Last of Us. Where today I was watching, I didn't watch Mando episode two until today. Oh and, wow! Okay. Yeah, and so I am I'm, I'm watching the credits and I'm sitting there, my, like totally robot. I the the show ends and the credits roll and I'm staring at the thing and I'm like, and it was one of those moments where if like you had a camera on me, I must have looked like a fucking psychopath. Cause I'm sitting there looking at TV. I'm like, and then at a certain point, I was like, "What am I doing? What am I waiting for?" And I was like, "You know what I'm waiting for? I'm waiting for n- the episode. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for fucking Neil Druckmann to come up and be like, "In this episode of the Mandalorian, we really wanted to explore the <laughs> thematics of fucking whatever." And I'm like, "I'm like, fuck this!" And I hit the power button, and turn it off. I was like, "I know that that's not happening." Or like a here next week on Mandalorian, like I'm waiting for yeah. that to show. It never
0: comes. Yeah. You know what I've gotten into recently? I don't know if you do this. Um, I skip the previously ons when watching Mando because I think it gives away too much of who's going to be in the episode. Mm. Like in the first episode of the season on the previously on, they showed this whole thing with IG-11. I'm like, oh, well, I guess he's back. You know what I mean? And then he was a big plot point of that one particular episode. Here's a a life hack. When those previously
1: on things are going... That's when you make yourself the drink.
0: Mm. I already have a drink when I sit down and I'm scrolling through because I'm a fucking alcoholic. You know what I mean? Like I can't. <laughs> I've already got a drink in my dick in my hand and I'm ready to rock and roll. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, anyway, we'll we'll continue to <laughs> dates on the Mandalorian. I'm sure once I go to celebration in mid Mandalorian season, I'm gonna come back and change, man. I'm gonna bathe in the living waters of Star Wars fandom. I'm gonna be like, Zach, it's so good. And Zach's gonna be like, Yeah, maybe.
1: Well, we'll talk about Star Wars later when we get to the News Flashpoint final story because we're in an interesting place for Star Wars content. But we got to keep this train rolling because we've got a lot to go. Um, So we're going to go ahead and take a trip to the News Flashpoint. Uh, But we're going to start it off somber, so maybe a little bit more of a sad doodle
0: doo
1: Tom Sizemore, heat and Saving Private Ryan actor, has passed away at the age of 61 uh, this was reported by—I saw the report come through from the Rolling Stone. Um, this was on March the 3rd, so it was right at the beginning of the month. Um, the actor died Friday after his family made the decision to remove him from life support at a Los Angeles-based hospital. Quote, it is with great sadness and sorrow I've, I've to announce that actor Thomas Edward Sizemore— age 61, passed away peacefully in his sleep today at St. Joseph's hospital in Burbank. His manager, Charles Lago said in a statement to Rolling Stone, his brother, Paul and twin boys, Jaden and Jagger were at his side. Um, The actor was found unconscious after suffering a brain aneurysm from a stroke at his Los Angeles home in the early morning of February 19th. He was transferred to Providence St. Joseph medical center in Burbank after his collapse, where he remained in critical condition and in a coma under intensive care. Um, So it was a, Pretty long battle, unfortunately, like from February to, February nineteenth all the way up until like the actual announcement of his passing on the third. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you wanted to include this. I, I definitely have you know, you know, definitely an appreciation for Tom Sizemore. But you are a big Heat fan. I know you're a way big bigger fan Heat of fan, Private Ryan than me. Uh, I know that Ryan. Uh, you you were the Always Sunny fan before me. He has one of the most famous episodes of Always Sunny.
0: Yep yeah um, he's the so, trucker and it's always sunny which is so good the gang goes on a road trip or whatever i think yeah uh, so true romance I, uh, as well he's such a good actor man i mean more more prominent in the 90s i would say for sure but oh, sure he's been doing a lot of tv work the last couple years but i mean like yeah for me particularly um Tom Sizemore will always be two characters, which is they're both named Michael, which I think is kind of funny, but Sergeant Michael, whatever his name is, and Saving yeah, Private Ryan, right. which I think is is probably his best role, um, and then uh, Mike Toretto in, or not Toretto, Mike <laughs> Toretto in uh, Heat, which is one of my favorite uh, crime anthology films of all time, and uh, it's tough, man. Like, talk about like a guy that you've been seeing in movies since you were like a sure. kid. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like I've always seen him. And then obviously like his cameo in it's always sunny where he asks uh, Charlie and Dennis to take him into a motel room and split him open like a coconut. It's just hilarious. Like he's just he's got like he's got good like dark comedy range, too, which is really cool to see. But he's also an actor who's had a very troubled past with. Yeah, for sure. Substance abuse, both while he was working on projects and projects that you know did not come to fruition because of it or that he was not able to get the parts for so it's kind of a tragic story however i feel like he was able to get things together enough to leave behind some really good memorable pieces of work yeah for sure and uh to honor his memory i would just like to say my favorite line of his in heat which is well you know for me the action is the juice And that's when they all agree to go rob the bank, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, what about me? I mean, like, he has not been a very instrumental figure for me, but like going through his IMDb and looking at it, like, oh, he he was in this or he was in that. He had a hand in this. Like, I mean, like the dude's been around for a while. Like, even though he wasn't like a leading man, he's definitely had roles in a lot of stuff. And so, yeah. um, You know, definitely an appreciative body of work. Um, I definitely. I know it pains you to say this, or it pains you to hear me say this, but I've not seen Heat all the. I don't think I've seen Heat all the way through. I, don't, yeah. I maybe ever. I thought We're I was watching it for my birthday this year. Just yeah, so it's
2: you
1: know. fine. <laughs> we can do that. Um, the, if we can do the uh, the crime drama film festival, which includes Heat, The
0: Town, and uh so many other movies in my top <laughs> 25 <laughs> you should look at my top 25 films I was actually talking I was thinking about this today just to take a brief pause on on remembering Tom Sizemore which is a uh, episode 125 we should give our top 25 films I think okay so start start working on that list boyo and that's going to be like a four-hour pod so no other it's a special episode so no other news docs or anything like that
1: 125 top 25 films of all time for us I I kind of like that. Then we check back in on it two twenty five. Yep. Okay. See if I'm yeah. into it. I like it.
0: Um, I think honestly though, back to back to Tom Sizemore. He he's actually my favorite scene in Saving Private Ryan. Two favorite scenes actually. I think I just like that character quite a bit honestly. After after D Day, he um, fills a jar of sand. And labels it France and he opens the bag and he's got a jar of sand from like every territory that the U.S. military been to. That's like a minor one. But my favorite scene in Saving Private Ryan is Tom Hanks and him talking once they find Private Ryan and he doesn't want to go with them. And Tom Hanks is all pissed and stuff like that. And he goes over and he's like, he's like, we could leave and go back, chalk it up as a failed mission. Or after everything we've been through and all the people that we've lost, like we could stick it out help them out, defend this bridge and maybe saving private Ryan will be worth all this God awful shitty mess, which I think is just like a really good line delivery and a very few, um, there are very few movies that can deliver the title of the movie in a line, right. That actually works. And I just like that scene quite a bit. Um, so yeah, RIP to a, a smaller bit player, but one that is definitely felt in the movies that he's really good in. So, Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. His connection to Saving Private Ryan is one of those important ones. It's like the fact that that movie I mean, that movie is an instrumental work of American film, even though yeah. it's not one of my personal favorite movies. Like, I think that it's just it is, you know, it's cool to think like all these amazing, talented people like writers, directors, actors that all stem from this movie. Like you can't discount any of them because they all had a hand to play in one of the most important movies of American culture. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Shout out to Tom Sizemore. Rest in peace. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna go watch that Always Sunny episode sometimes. It's so them. good. It's so good. It's really funny.
0: <laughs> um, I got money in my pocket and lust in my heart, so why don't you guys take me into that motel room and split me open like a coconut? <laughs> <laughs> Dennis's reaction where he's like, "Ah, oh, well, uh, we uh, we're not gonna do that, man." <laughs> and Charlie's like, "Come on, man, your wife. You were just talking about your wife." <laughs> he's like, "I don't want that." <laughs> uh it's such a good role so funny yeah well our, our thoughts and feelings are with his family obviously it's probably a tough time but for sure yeah at least he won't be suffering so that's good
1: yeah um to help buoy the spirits i made sure that this news story was right after this um and i'll uh let you just go ahead and take this bad boy away this sneak they snuck this motherfucker in at like 10.05 10:05 at the Oscars.
0: This was while I was still watching The Last of Us. So oh yeah, so it would have been. You like had nine to text this to me because I missed it. But yeah, we got a little 30 second snippet promo. The beef the is closed. The beef the is closed. Long live the beef. <laughs> Keep calm and beef on. Um, yeah, the beef is closed. Opening the bear. FX is the bear returning this June on Hulu. Uh, season two, baby of yeah. the bear my favorite television show of last year which i talked to great lengths about and then uh it actually tempered zach's expectations to the point that he didn't like it as much as me but that's okay and uh, i still I, loved
1: it i thought it was awesome
0: oh it's great it's great and i honestly couldn't be more excited for a season of television this year to be tell honest. you
1: what i'm i am really excited for season two because now my expectations are at a at a at a, at a negative right where it's like I enjoyed the first season. I really, really liked it. Now I'm going in fresh with season two. I think there's a, you know, I'm interested to see what they learn from the first season,
0: how they're able to advance these characters along. Yeah. Um, Should we do a bear in review podcast where we make dishes from the episodes leading up to the season? I
1: I think we should have. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Um, We could do a premiere reaction and just and have Italian beef in the pod. That'd be great. I'm down.
0: I'm down. Honestly, though, like. Because I think Shouts if we have an to the ensemble, Chicago, I love that dog sh- for every episode. I think we might die. No, no, we'd be fine. <laughs> I love that they show all the characters in here, especially my guy cousin at the beginning, looking out that's the right. window. Um, yeah, man, I'm very excited. I think the Bear is a great season of television. I'm excited to see what they do in a new restaurant. So for sure. Yeah, it's going to be Jeremy Allen White to see. Man. He's he's a guy to watch. That's for sure. I mean, if that you, guy. If you is... want a lesson in acting, go watch that seven-minute monologue from like the last episode of the season. You can catch it on YouTube, and you don't even have to know anything about the show. It's like a perfect bottle scene that you can study, like in film class and stuff. It's sure crazy. That guy's got crazy acting chops, man. He's like a young Pacino, honestly.
1: Yeah, I hope that he's. I think he's got an excellent career ahead of him. I'm excited to see what he does next.
0: That's not the bear. Um, I want but... to see him work with like. There's like three people that come to mind, all very different. Big one would obviously be Scorsese. I think you would fit in a Scorsese movie really well. Sure. I want to see him do something weird, like an Edgar Wright movie. Ooh. Um, and then I'd like to see him do something like kind of big. And I don't know if that's if I want to go with like a Spielberg or something, Michael Bay, like a like a crazy <laughs> Michael Bay movie, you know? God, no. not Transformers, but like something like Ambulance. Oh my God. How about like uh, – I'd be curious to see what
1: he does in a movie directed by like uh, – I would love to see like the more Sicario side of Denis Villeneuve, but it's starring this guy. Like a, like a crime – Say less. Say That's a genre that Denis Villeneuve hasn't done yet, which is like – I mean he kind of did crime drama with Sicario, but not the yeah. way that we necessarily think. That's more of like a cartel – uh, yeah. kind of action flick military or operations military stuff. operations thank you that's a good way to put it but uh yeah i would love to see <sighs> what a good it. movie yeah for sure
0: although we should say in terms of genre films you and i dream casted him when we went out to dinner while you were here as a uh, harvey dent and matt reeves franchise yeah and i do think that would actually be a really good role for him so. i agree but yeah, yeah
1: speaking of harvey dent and batman
0: you Batman like these? The, you like these fucking segways, and you, bro? I'm not messing around. See if you can go ten for ten. I think <laughs> <laughs> um
1: Batman Cape Crusader moves to Amazon with two season order. Uh, this was a big deal when the HBO drama was going on over the during like the fall of last year when all yeah. the shit was going yeah. down with HBO kind of crumbling before our eyes with Warner Brothers Discovery. And one of the things that they dropped was Cape Crusader, which is the spiritual successor to Batman the animated series um but now uh since they scrapped the show uh Amazon is, has swooped in to recover uh what is what what they have so far it says uh representatives from all parties declined to comment as formal deals have not yet closed um but it's going to harken back to the animated series um Apparently, uh, J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves, and Bruce Tim are still all attached in some capacity. Uh, But you must be feeling pretty relieved about this finally finding a home.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see it because it's one of the last voice acting appearances of our guy Kevin Conroy. He was slotted to play Thomas Wayne in some iteration. I don't know when necessarily in this show. But I was very looking forward to to seeing this show. I mean, like an even darker, more adult Batman in the Animated Series, sign me the fuck up. So I think it's wild that they're leasing Batman to Amazon, and that's where we're at. I still don't necessarily think that... I think this this decision might have been made before James Gunn stepped in, because I honestly can't see him being like, why can't we just Elseworlds label this and then slap it back into HBO Max? But I don't really know what's going on. To me, though, I know I've been reading a lot of, like actors that have already revealed that they were voice actors in Batman Cape Crusader. I think like Michael Rosenbaum was one of them. Like Mark Hamill, obviously. So like people that are like attached to a lot of the Warner Brothers, DC animation stuff that were like, I wasn't sure if this was going to get backrolled or like shown the light of day. And um, I'm glad we're going to get to see it in some way, shape or form. So yeah, me too. I still, I want them to, who's Batman? Tell us who, who's voicing Batman. I'm curious.
1: Yeah. It's gonna be big. I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, I hope that the show is like a full that's my worry is that like you you're and I'll keep it concise here because we gotta keep it moving. But your whole thing about like saying like, oh, why couldn't HBO have just surely it's Batman?
0: It's fucking Batman. Why can't you take the cost of putting the show on HBO Max? Yeah, that's an animated saying. show of all things too. Yeah. Yeah. Not not to undercut animation, but no production is a little bit cheaper. Um, especially when they're doing this type of animation. So it's so it just it worries me a little
1: bit where it's like maybe they don't think that they have like this premiere thing on their hands. My worry is that it's like we don't know the specifics of the show. Like I'm wondering if like it's like a oh god, if it's like Yeah, what do you wanna episodes? what do you wanna see out of this? Yeah. I want full thirty minute episodes of Batman the animated series done. In this style is with now like I want I want that. But what I'm worried it's going to be is like a series of like six to seven minute short films or something like that. And I'm like, mm, oh like god, like the I am Groot thing. Sure, yeah, yeah, and, and that's gonna really bum my, but they just I, absolutely <sighs> my boner.
0: I think it's gonna be more like a 1930s kind of like the batman animated series time frame very much inspired by the early detective comics batman appearances before the comics code authority kicked in a lot of batman stuff was about like cults k fights like all kinds of crazy shit where like he's just like fighting like actual real world crime right and police corruption stuff like that it'd be cool to see like a like a corrupt cop in this, almost like maybe like a Clancy Brown type from Shawshank Redemption. Speaking of Clancy Brown,
1: (laughs) from Deadline, the Penguin cast Clancy Brown as Salvatore Moroni. Clancy Brown uh known from I, I don't like dexter he they put dexter new blood here is uh, come on deadline really what fuck deadline. No. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing deadline come on clancy brown is set to recur as salvatore moroni in the hbo max original limited drama series uh the eight episode dc studios drama will continue the batman crime saga that matt reeves began uh and centers on the character played by colin farrell in the film um before I ask you about Maroney and about your thoughts on this, obviously I love Clancy Brown. I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, I'm excited to see yeah. him as Maroney. Uh, my question for you is have you seen this the set photos that have started surfacing of Colin Farrell in like a tracksuit in this fucking show? Hell yeah. I'm in. I'm yeah. so in. Hell yeah. him, in that, him in that fucking makeup with a tracksuit on. I'm like, oh. I can I can smell the it's perfect. Pool. It's, I can smell it's, the fucking Yeah, it's sausage. the Sopranos in Gotham. That's exactly what this show's gonna be. I can't wait. I hope that I really hope that they just don't, they're like, we don't give a fuck. And the opening is like <laughs> <laughs>
0: woke up this morning and yeah. I got yourself a gun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um I have a couple of thoughts on this. First of all, love Clancy Brown, one of my favorite uh, voice actors, definitely. But For also, sure. I think his role in Shawshank is great. Oh, yeah. Um, He's my favorite Lex Luthor in the animated stuff in both Superman sure. and, and the Justice League cartoon and Batman the Animated Series. Stay tuned. Um, the thing that's interesting to me, though, Zach, is given what we know about the Batman universe, Salvatore Maroni is in prison when the movie begins, right? or is he dead? I can't remember. The Batman? Yes. Cuz the whole thing in The or? Batman is that in the bat spoilers for The Batman, but like honestly if you haven't and you've been listening to this pod fuck off. The whole point is that Carmine Falcone w- sold out Maroni to the GCPD and that's how he he was a political informant for the GCPD and that's where all the corruption stoops from that the Riddler unveils. Remember they're always talking about the Maroni case, the Maroni case and then... Maroney was distributing right. all the drops, but I can't remember if they said if he was dead or if he's in prison or not. So I don't know if there's going to be a little according, prequel, sequel action going, kind of Godfather 2 part stuff, or is it according, like.
1: According to the fandom page uh, for the Batman, the Batman wiki. It says, Salvatore Moroni is an infamous former drug lord in Gotham City who was arrested and jailed as part of a conspiracy to allow rivaling crime lord Carmen Falcone to
0: rise in power. Okay, so yeah, so he's still alive. So maybe not a prequel, but really cool. Sure. To, to introduce someone that was mentioned in The Batman like five times, and they're like, now when I rewatch that movie, I would be like, that's Clancy Brown, bitch. Like, oh, he's coming. <laughs> it's Brittany, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Do you think he'll make the jump to the movies?
1: Uh, we'll see. I hope so. I would love to see more of the Gotham crime show up. I would love that to be the a consistent theme for the Batman Part One, Two, and Three, or whatever. Like, I think it would be great to have. Yeah, if they guys don't. I mean, around. I
0: do think that's what they will cover in this show is the mad dash to take over the kingdom that Falcone leaves in his wake after he's get assassinated by the Riddler. Is it going to be the Penguin? Is it going to be Maroni? Is it going to be the Russian mob like KGB? You know, stuff like that. We'll see. Okay. Too bad we're not getting Seth Rogen, though, in the Batman.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, I'm going to give that one a solid 6 out of 10. Hey, I was doing good so far. I, I didn't know. I thought we lost connection. That's why you were staring at me for so long. I'm sorry. I wasn't on my game. No, it's okay. Um, yeah, the next next
1: little bit of news we got here, and we don't have to spend too much time on this. I just want to say, fucking this trailer is cool. Uh, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Uh, the teaser trailer has been released. Uh, people are comparing this to Into the Spider Verse, and I think it is uh, obvious as the day is long that that's the inspiration. It is entirely
0: copied in terms of an animation style, but that's and right.
1: I don't and Jimmy crack corn, and I don't give a fuck. Man. I, I think that. <laughs> This looks so fucking cool. Like, I, I just think that, like, the animation style is awesome. I it, it looks it looks great. Like, I think that this looks super fun and entertaining, and I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know what your history – I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the pod, but, like, what's your history with the Turtles? Like, were you a Turtles kid growing up at all?
0: I think as much as anybody else. I'm definitely not a Turtles super fan per se. I think my introduction to the Turtles is definitely going to be the 90s movies where yeah. they're in, like, rubber suits um Casey Jones yeah I have a lot of friends that are really big turtle fans and actually we have a a very close friend of both of ours Mr. Greg Dye who's a massive Ninja Turtles fan so we should actually talk to him about this this summer
1: yeah if we Um, go see this
0: movie we should have him on the pod yeah man but I mean I think the concept of the turtles is great I've always enjoyed it because it's literally copied Daredevil but for kids essentially um in terms of like the character archetypes and stuff like that sure except for instead of one blind man it's for teenage turtles um yeah what about you uh i so i love i love the the original
1: tmnt movie when i was a kid but more so than that it was the it was the cartoon that was like really the thing that had me is like the like the nickelodeon cartoon shit like that or whatever like growing up i i really liked the cartoon um fell off of it after that like i remember i think i had secret of the ooze on vhs or something like that but it was like Turtles in Time I thought was garbage back then. I still think it's garbage now. I didn't like the, I didn't like the animated movie
0: that came out in like 2007 or whatever. And then oh, I, I did. TMNT. Hate... You liked that one? I did. I don't like the Michael Bay ones, but I liked the animated one from 07 quite a bit. I hate the Michael Bay Turtles isn't, um, movies. Isn't Megan Fox in those? Yes, yeah, she's April O'Neil. That sucks. But Stephen Amell's Casey Jones, which is pretty dope.
1: Stephen Amell was Casey Jones, and uh, fucking Patrick Wilson was uh, just a goddamn bit player.
0: He's in, in the movie?
1: Is Patrick he Shredder? Wilson.
0: He's Ocean Master. <laughs> no. He, he's uh, he's oh, somebody. some Patrick no. Wilson. I thought you meant Neil Patrick Harris for a second. I was about to say suit up. <laughs> Patrick Wilson is in the Turtles movies? Yeah, he was uh, he was like a white guy. Oh, white guy. What a memorable <laughs> role. <laughs> <laughs> what was his fucking character's name? Is Teenage he, uh, Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is he Splinter? That's his name, right? The Rat Master Splinter.
1: He's not Master Splinter. Um,
0: that sucks.
1: I don't remember. Who fucking cares? But those Michael Bay movies are a travesty. They're they're terrible. But listen, so voice cast right for TMNT uh, Mutants Mayhem. Uh, Rose Byrne is playing Leatherhead. Io Edabiri, who's your girl? is playing april o'neill which i think is Hell fucking yeah, awesome dog, fucking seth rogan is seth rogan is bebop and uh who uh john cena is rocksteady so it's it's seth rogan and john cena is bebop and rocksteady which just makes me laugh out loud it's amazing paul, paul rudd is mondo gecko um john esposito is baxter stockman and jackie chan is master splinter interesting Ice Cube is playing Superfly, Hannibal <laughs> Burris is Genghis Frog, Maya Rudolph is Cynthia Outram, Posa Malone is Ray Filet. Jesus Christ. I'm in, man. I'm in, yeah. I'm in this movie. I think it's I think it sounds like a fun time. If if they're able to capture even a little bit of the magic of Spider-Verse, I think it could be a really cool, a really cool maybe like a
0: reintroduction to the turtles for a new generation. Yeah. I mean, casting, casting young voice actors helps that too, I think, for sure. Do you have a favorite turtle?
1: oh i think i was always a mikey guy but i think that was just because i liked the comic relief um i like mikey that's my favorite
0: i like mikey dude i never
1: felt like i was enough of a leader to be leo uh donatello i don't know yeah it was always about mikey it was always about pizza and fucking
0: partying and you know yeah you know who owen wilson's favorite ninja turtle is who Wow, my favorite, my favorite turtles, Donatello. Wow.
1: Speaking of Owen Wilson, right? He's in this, right? <laughs> yeah, that was that. Was okay, the got it. I was just making sure. Speaking <laughs> of Owen Wilson, uh, the first trailer for Disney's Haunted Mansion reboot came out. Yeah. Um, a film. A film, an actual film. Sorry, Owen Wilson. Uh, Rosario Dawson, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Danny DeVito, and Jared <laughs> Leto. Everybody, everybody's
0: favorite, Jared Leto. Yeah. Um, Which we don't see in the in the trailer that was released,
1: or no, do we? No, I don't think we see him. And Disney's smart to not advertise him. Are they? Uh, maybe, maybe because smart I don't think he's a cast. box office. I don't think he's a <laughs> box office draw anymore. Does he come out and say it's Mansion time? <laughs> I think he's going to come out in blackface and be Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I think that that's what he's going to Jesus, do. Jesus. Um, but, yeah, so I'm shocked at how not terrible this trailer looks. I don't know how you're feeling.
0: It looks good. I, I think, think it looks uh, entertaining. And I just finished a whole bottle of wine, so cheers, boys. Um, yeah, I think Razar – I mean, like, the ensemble is actually, like, pretty, pretty solid in terms of, yeah. like – They all seem bought in. They're not completely acting ridiculous. I'd say the one that has the most strange comedy stuff is obviously Owen Wilson, but you know, I'm in on anything Rosario wants to do. So
1: Sure. It's also gotten to a point with me personally in Owen Wilson's career where I just can't take him seriously no matter what. I don't know how you feel, but like I just (laughs) can't I just can't take him seriously. I don't know. Yeah, every time I see him, I think I either think of when I see Owen Wilson, I think of two things. I think of Lightning McQueen or I think of him in basically every fucking Wes Anderson movie where he's just playing like goofy hipster dude. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, one more to go. I don't know. Haunted Mansion. We'll see. It's an actual movie. I think that's the most interesting thing that you and I talked about is that it's a movie. It's not like a Disney Plus Pinocchio situation. It's an actual movie. Um, in theaters. Let's... In theaters. Yeah, in theaters. But,
0: uh... Man, honestly, though, like... I'd rather watch that Haunted Mansion movie because some of the other shit they got coming out makes me want to tie a rock to my legs and jump in the sea. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Speaking of tying a rock to your legs and jumping into the sea, uh, The Little Mermaid. uh, This is a trailer that came out. It finally debuted while we were watching the Oscars. Um... I had no idea that fucking what's-her-name was in this movie. What's-her-name?
0: Melissa McCarthy.
1: I had no idea Melissa McCarthy was in this, but she's in this. uh, Little Mermaid. Um, Boy, does this look bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it looks really rough. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. It's super CGI-heavy for like people like actual humans on screen that looks like the only like the only real shot right there you know was all those guys running on the shore but man do you like you like the little mermaid right yeah i didn't know who the prince's name was when we talked about it last night but john smith (laughs) (laughs) yep you know you told me
1: okay so the conversation to put some shed the light on this I was like, who's the prince's name? I was like, I thought it was John Smith or whatever. And you were like, no, it's Eric. And I was like, Eric, <laughs> his name is fucking Eric. How did I not remember that?
0: And terrible name for a prince. Who? No prince out there is named Prince Eric. There she is. And all her tentacled glory.
1: Melissa McCarthy, everybody. Melissa McCarthy on their tentacle. She's going to be the star of a lot of hentai. Uh, no, She's not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, God. And then there's talking animals. They're doing the Lion Sebastian. King thing. Yeah, there, there he is. is. He's an actual crab.
1: <laughs> yeah, they got an actual crab to play Sebastian. <laughs>
0: Under the sea. Can Turn this see, shit can, off. Let's talk about the Punisher. <laughs>
1: can't, can't you see this horrifying monstrosity singing a song?
0: Oh. I would just like to state, for the record that I've been out on the Disney live action remake since Beauty and the Beast. Dude, I've been out since the jungle book. You liked being the beast. Don't lie. No one fucks like Gaston. No. Yeah, you I did. like that song. I like the
1: Lafu. I like the Lafu song with Emma. Like I like that the, song.
0: <laughs> I know
1: that face. I, I really <laughs> I re, yeah, I really liked that bit, but Emma Watson was just not good. I wanted to like that movie more than I did because I had a huge I have a I've got a man crush on Dan Stevens. I really like him in Legion. I think he's good in, in The Guest and uh, – or yeah, I, I love Dan Stevens, but, man, Beauty and the Beast was not good. And, um, I nice no. to,
0: to hear. You seen the live-action Beauty and the Beast? All right, there you go, folks. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard yeah, silence. I didn't it. hear any comment. Well, that's because I got my gain switched to face me. So Nice. Um, we could celeb yeah. shot him uh, about something else later on if you want. You want to ask him about the Punisher?
1: Well, what no, what's the thing we got to talk to him about later?
0: Uh anything, the last of us, fucking whatever you want, man.
1: You just bring him in, you sit next to you just have him sit on your lap and you guys pod together.
0: <laughs> just to see what that looks like maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I think to bring it back to little mermaid. If they would have cast Lizzo as Ursula, I'm in. Ooh.
1: Why didn't they do that? That sounds like a slam dunk. Because
0: they're racist. They yeah. had a black Ariel. They're like, we can't have a black Ursula, too. There's too many black people. Ryan Cougar's over there like, what the fuck? <laughs> <He's just> like...
1: <laughs> I thought that, that would yeah, have been I great, know, actually. Like, I just, I'm
0: not really... I, like, I don't have anything against um, the castings that they have for... Ariel and Eric, they look fine, honestly, but like I Melissa McCarthy nothing... is like, Melissa McCarthy is the thing that I don't like about Disney right now, which is like, let's just cast big names in bit roles where it's like Charlize Theron as Cleo and Marvel and Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. You love
1: that one. I, I love that that's one of the ones you can- you I hate it. To, I hate it so back, much. You come back to
0: <laughs> Cleo and uh, Star Fox, fucking star fox they, thank you fucking harry styles yeah god. you're you the vitriol
1: in your voice leaving that, that cinemark in uh the west cuyahoga or whatever you were like i can't believe they're fucking casting goddamn harry styles goddamn fucking why are they doing
0: this god goddamn- turns out i was right you haven't seen don't <laughs> worry darling so you don't know but i was right <laughs> i was right marvel was wrong um fuck. okay god goddamn harry styles yeah, I just want watermelon I, sugar, nah. How about that? <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to sing it so bad, but I'm not going to do it. Um Yeah, just la- to put a button on that one really quick to put a final pin in that one. I I don't have any problem with the casting. It's not the casting. Like that's what people are going to say or whatever, like bad problems. Oh, people don't want – Bro, you got a problem with the Black Little Mermaid. It's like absolutely fucking not. I don't care. Make – I want all of it. It's awesome. I think that that's great. The problem is is that the movie looks cheap as shit. The CG looks awful. That, why are we retelling this story if they find – maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is the one that they just – they're able to do something different. But like, man, I watched Aladdin. That shit sucked big old fucking – Did you?
0: Box. Yeah. You watched the Guy Richie Aladdin? Man, I pity you. <laughs> it was I bad, won't touch dude. that shit. It was so
1: bad, dude. Uh, and Not it's even all. worse now after the slap. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> you ain't never had a friend like me. Disney's like, ooh,
1: shit. Yeah, they bet on the <laughs> wrong pony on that bad boy. But kind of they didn't because that movie also made a
0: shit ton of money. Um, so, like, I don't know, man. Like, I guess you're right. Would you rather watch the Little Mermaid live action or, or uh, go see Aquaman: Lost Kingdom?
1: Aquaman: Lost Kingdom.
0: Yeah, me too. I think they, I think they nailed the under the sea atmosphere in those movies. Not as I, much as ca- Big who, Jim did care? In, in, in Way of Water, but you know. The, do the future's under the sea? Check it out, man. The track record speaks for itself. <laughs> this is like when
1: DC had a mandate for more gorilla
0: shit. It's like there's people in Hollywood right now, and they're like, "People love underwater shit. They're like, put more water in shit." Wait, are you not intrigued by the the ocean? Not
1: really. I think it's a fucking terrifying place. I'd rather stay on land. Thank you.
0: Space or the ocean? You gotta pick one right now. Space. You live in it. Quicker you death. live in it. Really.
1: Oh, yeah. If I'm lost, so if I'm underwater in a tank, I got to take that shit off and then drown. If I'm in space, I go, <gasps>
2: <and> I'm gone.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm out. I'm fucking out of there. And, and like, yeah, my eyeballs will pop out and my, my skin will freeze. But it's like, that takes like, I think it's, you'll survive 11 seconds in space with a breath full of air in your lungs. Underwater, yeah. you got to drown or get eaten by something. I'll
0: take space any day of the week. Yeah. Little Mermaid movie needs is fucking John John Bernthal playing uh, Wayne Jenkins. He's just out there trying to arrest fish people. You know what I mean? <laughs> just... <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. How about Wayne
1: Wayne? Uh, sorry, Wayne Jenkins. How about John Bernthal as Prince Eric? But then it's directed
0: by Quentin Tarantino, and it's just like he doesn't get uh, King Trident's approval, so he goes in there and just starts fucking wrecking shit am i wrong because I, <laughs> I count six shots
1: all right speaking of john bernthal uh he's back baby he's returning as the punisher for daredevil born again this comes from the hollywood reporter uh bernthal joins charlie cox and vincent d'onofrio in the series which begins shooting in new york this month um In a departure from the Marvel series, which come in six or nine episodes per season, Born Again is planned as a whopping 18-episode epic. Um, Marvel could not be reached for comment, uh, so this is all still speculation, rumors and speculation. Uh, The other big thing here to discuss was that um, uh, Deborah Ann Wool and Eldon Henson – are not on the roll call for the Marvel series. It's unclear if the characters will be recast or excised from the story. But uh, the big news of the day is that everyone's favorite Punisher is back for Born Again. How you feeling?
0: I feel pretty great about this, honestly. I think it was kind of inevitable. It's just whether he was going to show up in this or something else down the road. Um, hold on. You have not finished
1: Daredevil. I have not, and I have not watched The Punisher yet, but I will watch it before Born Again
0: comes out. Will you, though? Because you well, <laughs> started this project like a year ago. And guess What's what? I ain't thing- swole yet. I told you I'm aware. What's the what last did? thing you remember?
1: <laughs> uh, the last thing that happened was um, the trial. The trial of Frank Castle.
0: Wow, and you didn't keep watching after that. That's insane. <laughs> You know what? You don't deserve Born Again. You're not allowed to watch it. I cast you out.
1: (laughs) I promise you I will finish it. You are not worthy of your title. (laughs) (laughs) But you're not king. You're not. Not yet. No, I'll watch it. You got to be super stoked about this though. I mean, John Berthold, you love this guy. You love the Punisher. You're you're one of the biggest advocates for Daredevil. I mean, this make you feel a little bit more confident on Disney Plus like where where are your
0: all your emotions. It it makes me feel more confident because this means that there will be reasons to have 18 episodes, you know what I mean? They can they can dedicate time to reintroducing all of these big big characters that are very important to the Marvel universe. Sure. So that's nice that it kind of fleshes that world out. But at the same time, we'll see like if it's going to be a lot of Daredevil and Punisher disagreeing on stuff. I've already seen that in Daredevil season two. So like how do you make that different in the MCU? Things of that nature. Same thing with Wilson Fisk. You know what I mean? We talked about that when Hawkeye was coming out. Is like He was a little bit more cartoonish than he was in the Daredevil show. So I'm excited to see what they do. I am worried, though, about the Disney nerf on violence with both the Daredevil characters and Frank Castle in general, who. If you ever do actually get around to watching the Punisher, which you said that you would and you haven't, uh, if you do, that show is one of the most violent shows I've ever seen in my life. And uh, I don't really know what they're going to do necessarily for adapting that. Not Um, that. Yeah, I doubt I mean, he's gonna drill bit somebody in the fucking foot. So
1: we'll see. But um, I don't know. My my only thought here is that we just seem in such we're in such a weird place with Marvel right now that like if you had asked me when Endgame was happening, it's like okay, so here's the next phase. We're gonna start doing all this stuff. I would have thought okay, maybe by tw- this is 2019, right? Endgame came out in 2018. 20, 2019. Going, 2019. I would have thought that – I was like, oh, by 2024, we'll have totally figured out the whole violence thing. But here we are in 2023, and we still haven't figured out what
2: the actual the
0: MCU is. The actual litmus lit, test is going to be Deadpool. Does that come out before confirmed this? confirmed has been rated R. And it comes out before this? That I don't know. They're both 2024, I think. So I don't know. Backman was talking about uh, he's yoking up again for Deadpool. You see that? Yeah, eating eight thousand calories a day, and honestly, I was like, "Same, bro." (laughs) (laughs) That was good.
1: (laughs) November (laughs) eighth, November eighth, twenty twenty four is the expected release date for Deadpool three. So, I think this might be after
0: this. That's gonna push the. To be fair, like all the Disney Plus shows are pushing, so we'll see when it actually comes out. They're just gonna start filming it now. Eighteen episodes.
1: We'll see. We'll see. It's a big question. What about you?
0: I mean, like you can obviously comment on it. Like you've seen Frank Castle introduced in Daredevil season two. You haven't finished it necessarily, nor have you seen the best scene. But what are your thoughts on him portraying that character specifically?
1: No, I'm glad. I, I, I really like him as Frank Castle. I, I like John Bernthal a lot. I like him and uh, Charlie Cox together on screen. I think that they're going to do great. It's just a matter of you know the general quality of the show. I hope that it's able to maintain that similar sort of quality from the Netflix show because that was really really good. And I think that a lot of people are going to go into this expecting that. Um, That's whether be or not. Part, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's about checking those expectations and about what they're going to do to it.
0: We're going to want daredevil and frank to be like massacring people or beating up people in a hallway but we're also going to want daredevil and jennifer walters like going out for a cup of coffee you know what i mean it's going to be like they got to find that that fine line in the middle where they can have that exist i don't want a cup of coffee man i want full-on full penetration penetration. (laughs) (laughs) um and then obviously like there's been rumors circling around i'm sure you've seen this too of uh this will be the first Disney Plus show that features the return of Tom Holland, and Spider-Man, mm, reintroducing him. That into, that's the rumor is that based like since they've interacted in No Way Home. Starting to reintroduce the world, rediscovering Spider-Man is going to happen and born again because those characters are so closely intertwined in the comics. So
1: that complicates things also because Spider-Man is is not a violent character.
0: Yep. He's also I, not a Disney character, so no. and it's being distributed on Disney Plus. Again, take that with a grain of salt. So maybe it's just Peter Parker.
1: Who knows? Yeah, maybe this show will also introduce Morbius and uh, the Vulture. And oh, I would be and- down
0: with the Vulture being in Daredevil. Let let that stated for the record is Michael Keaton versus Charlie Cox. I would watch a million days out of the week. So. <laughs> That would be pretty awesome to see. Yeah. But it's all about that sweet, sweet kingpin dog, Vincent you.
1: Yeah, because everybody loved his uh, cameo in Hawkeye. I mean, I love it. Hey there, I was, little mini. Sure. I was, but that was a close one, dude. I was a close one. <laughs> Skype recording. We got to figure this shit out because recording on Skype is slow. Is turning into um, it's like when Indiana Jones needs to walk across the walkway in the fucking Last Crusade, where it's like if you it's look at Skype faith. the wrong way, it turns into the wrong. Yeah. yeah, it's a leap of faith. Exactly. The penitent man will pass. The penitent. The penitent. <laughs> um. All right. Any any clever segue before we talk about um, the last big news story that we have to do before we take a short break to then dis- discuss our topic at the show?
0: Um, Punisher? I hardly know. <laughs> I <don't> know.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, Star Wars I shake-up. I'm out of Star gas. War- I'm out of gas. He's running out of gas. He needs another bottle of wine. Someone order him a bottle of wine. Um, need More! More! There you go. There's your transition, Star Wars. Right. So this article is a little bloated. I'm just going to say that variety. I love you. Typically, I love you variety, but this article kind of goes into – it's a bit of a narrative. So it's. I'm not going to be able to read this whole thing. But basically, the, the main headline is that there's been some shakeups. There is no longer any theatrical Star Wars movie on the calendar confirmed. Kevin Feige's movie has been shelved. Patty Jenkins' movies has been shelved, and now the rumor is, is that Taika Waititi is going to be looking to star in his own film. Um, uh, so some shakeups are happening. Clearly, the Star Wars cinematic universe, not TV, is taking a bit of a time to- a bit of time to kind of figure out where they're going, what they want to do next. Um, I am not sure, I don't know, this this is an interesting news bit here, so I'm just going to kind of toss this one over to you, my friend, who is our resident Star Wars expert, the biggest Star Wars fan I know. Um, how are you feeling about this news? How are you feeling about the state of Star Wars as a film franchise? Um,
0: is there anything from
1: this that jumps out at you?
0: I feel bad. I don't I don't think this is good news by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, it should be stated that in 2019, the last Star Wars film on the calendar thus far premiered 3 weeks after Disney Plus the streaming service launched and The Mandalorian took over the world for like a couple weeks, right? That is going to tell investors that the future for Star Wars, because of the poor box office performance of Rise of Skywalker and the immense cultural phenomenon that was The Mandalorian, that the tides were changing, right? They course corrected. Well, guess what? Andor streaming service, Obi Wan streaming service, Book of Boba Fett streaming service, Three Seasons of The Mandalorian streaming service, Bad Batch streaming service, Ahsoka streaming service, Acolyte streaming service. Whatever the fuck that Jude Law show is. Streaming service. Skeleton crew. Yeah, thank you. They're, they are content with developing stuff for television. They are trying to become the family-friendly HBO with a property that is as popular, if not more popular, than Game of Thrones. And they're like, what if we made our connected universe on television? Centered around the Mandalorian time frame. As well as occasionally throwing in stuff that take place before the original trilogy with characters that people like like Obi-Wan and characters from Andor such and such That's all fine like I like these I like these shows I'm a, like most of them at least I think they add cool things to the world but Star Wars is always has been and always will be defined by their theatrical releases I mean like there was nothing more important eight years ago than seeing the force awakens opening night and there's also nothing as magical as that in the 10 deck the 10 years prior to that as seeing revenge of the sith opening weekend with my mom you know it's just like it's it's something that george lucas developed for the big screen big screen big surround sound big budget big visual effects we talked about this with obi-wan like. You can feel that budget at times because of television. And as much as I like the character interactions in that show, it does not look anywhere close to being as good as even the worst Star Wars movie. Not even close. And not that Lucasfilm listens to this pod. I understand that like, I'm not helping the problem by continuing to stream your stuff. Like, I like re Rebels or Obi-Wan or... Mandalorian so I'm I'm part of the problem like the algorithm is proving that I like watching television but I love watching your movies more and you got to figure it out it doesn't have to be a Skywalker movie per se but like I don't know it's just different it's different like sitting down in the theater with a bucket of popcorn and Sitting next to my closest friends and experiencing something new for Star Wars on screen, whether it's good or bad, is like exciting. And it's not the same when I'm taking my lunch break on a Wednesday, watching something by myself on my TV. It's just not. It's not anywhere. Like it's, I watched the premiere of the Mandalorian season three alone, and I don't think that's what George Lucas would want. And like he's he doesn't make the best decisions, but. His stories are about family and camaraderie. And I don't feel like Star Wars exists in that world right now because nobody has watch parties on a Wednesday to watch a television show. Take a look at The Last of Us. It's on a Sunday. At least it's not, if it's not in the theater, at least put it in the weekend so that you can get people together to watch it. This whole solo venture for me, not to be confused with solo Star Wars story, but this, this singular adventure for me to dive into Star Wars alone is really depressing at times, and that's how I felt for the last three years. That's my TED talk. Thanks for coming.
1: No, I think you make a lot of really valid points. I think I agree with basically everything you said. I think that Star Wars is an event first and foremost, and I think that that's always how I'll view it. Even though you know we have different differing opinions in a lot of the different movies. Every one of those movies since Attack, since Phantom Menace, for me, like was a big go to the theater, see this movie in the theater, go crazy. Hang out with other people, get conversations with nerds, go with your friends, have a good time. It's a movie, it's an event. People talk about it for weeks. It's the biggest thing. The fact that it's now been, and you know, I might have said this like when Rise of Skywalker ended, I'm like, you know what? We could take a few years off of Star Wars, but we ha-, and have it come back to the theater and have it be a really impactful moment. But we really haven't been able to take that time off because of the the television thing. So it they doesn't Martin really
0: correct it at all. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it you know they are taking time off from the movies, but they're also you know that's not going to feel as special still when it does eventually come back because we've had so many of these little projects. We've had the Book of Boba Fett, um, and that's going to be in people's minds no matter what. When you go in to make this movie, uh, whatever the next Star Wars movie ends up being, it's just going to be interesting because you. It just seems maybe it's just you know I'm not a writer, I'm not a director. Disney doesn't want me to write and direct their movies. Um, but it seems so easy. It just seems so easy. Let's come up with a really cool, unique story to tell in the Star Wars universe and make a big movie about it and make it a big event and market the shit out of it and make it this big, momentous thing. Star Wars is back. Remember Rise of Skywalker? Y- y- it was okay, right? Everyone – you know, you-, you saw it in 2019 and then a fucking pandemic happened. It's been five, four or yeah. five years. It's like don't you want to come see Star Wars in the theater? Don't you want to – Line up on a Friday night and go see it with your friends and hang out and have drinks and do all this stuff. And, like, don't you want to enjoy this on a giant screen and, like, see the big budget effects and the whole new world that you've never seen before? It seems so easy, but yet the marketing machine is – I think that I think that Lucasfilm and Disney with Star Wars right now are just playing it. They're playing the safe hand. They know that they can consistently get returns on the TV content and the streaming content. So that they're not – dedicating the resources necessary to moving along a film and you know I don't want them to rush anything but I also think that a Star Wars movie in the theater should be a priority for them and it just does not feel like that is the case.
0: Yeah. It's really weird. Like it's just it's it's a strange world to live in sometimes, you know. I don't know. But like I, At times I wonder, some of the shows they announce, like Ahsoka, that would not be a profitable movie. I like Ahsoka a lot as a character, but unless you've watched all the cartoons, why the fuck would you go see that? Besides the fact that it's a Star Wars and you're just like, oh, it's Friday night. You guys want to go see a new Star Wars movie and be confused because we don't know all the backstory. But like a movie or a premise like Acolyte, which is this new show that's coming out. Why can't that be a movie? It's got a great cast, good ensemble. We don't know what the premise is. Perfect. That's that's the best part about Star Wars is that you don't know what it is until you show up, you know? I don't know. It's just, it's very strange that they're just like, they're like, no, nah, we're good with TV. Like, I don't know what kind of profit that turns for them necessarily. I know.
1: It must know be John good.
0: Fa- I know John Favreau said at Celebration last year, he, he he directly thanked everybody in attendance at the Mandalorian panel for, Watching all of their shows because views do actually generate their budget, which is crazy like that. He admitted that. But like. I don't know, man, like, do I want to live in a world where. We get a a sequel to. Obi-Wan, the show, and it's another season of television as opposed to just like a movie, probably not like. But at the same time, I think it, w- it would have been better served as a movie in general. So I don't know. And I do really like I, we need to state this for the record, too, and then we can move on. But like they keep throwing solo under the bus because there's a box office failure. But like, guys, like. It's not great, but it's really not the all the center of your business problems. Fucking stop wilding like. It's not like it was the best box office return of all time, but neither was Captain Marvel or other shit like that. Like, get off your fucking high horse and make a movie instead of being like, "Oh, well, the solo return was so bad that we got scared, so we went back and we started writing television shows for ten years."
1: It's like, all right, well, take it easy. I agree with you, but at the same time, it's like Captain Marvel did make its money back and it, and it was profitable. Star Solo was not profitable, and so that's easy for them to point at. And I'm not saying that that's like a good scapegoat. I'm just saying that that is a scapegoat, is that they're able to point at that and be like, what if this happens again? What if we do another Star Wars movie and it's not profitable? It's like, can we
0: can then we your sample this? size is one larger? A One is bad statistics and anyone will fucking I agree tell you that in business school. Yeah, make I totally two. Agree. And if they're both bad, then fuck. Yeah. OK, stop making them. But like one. Are you kidding me? If they had a bad sample size for every Batman movie, they would have stopped making them forever ago. So
1: Good keep point. making them. I think you need to waltz into the the fucking boardroom tomorrow and just fucking slap, slam your
0: slap fucking Bob Iger with my cock and be like, let's <laughs> fucking go, man, make a Star Wars movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I I'm just holding out hope, man. I think that they'll I think they'll eventually get it right, but I just I want Star Wars to be an event again. It just hasn't felt like an event in a long time. Even Rise I actually of don't know if
0: I don't know if it'll I don't know if it'll ever be an event again. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't wanna I don't wanna be a sad sap. You sound like the, the sky the Skywalker
1: saga is done. That doesn't mean that a Star Wars movie can't be an event like
0: Ragnarok. Can't it, though? Like okay. the only theatrical releases with the exception of two spin-off movies, one of which is really good and one of which is okay, and both of which you don't love is the fact that they're all tied to the Skywalker saga. Sure, but like
1: being an event and being tied to the Skywalker saga isn't necessarily one-to-one. I just mean that, you know, what if you have a cool new, a unique director with a unique vision and a writer that's like... Then you have, the have Guardians a Guardians of the
0: Galaxy situation, which isn't an event until it's proven to be correct. That's what I'm saying. The next movie they sure. release, if it's not a Skywalker movie... Is an experiment. The sequel to that, if it's good, that's the event. That's a fair point. So,
1: I mean, it's going to take time, no matter what. But I would still rather them try and at least start. Oh, I mean, start I
0: moving this forward. I agree. Than See monologue 15 minutes ago. I agree. <laughs> so,
1: I don't know. It's interesting. Here's my the last question before we take a, a little uh, midway show break for an ad break. But when do you think realistically? that we will be sitting in the theater watching a Star Wars movie next. Today we're recording this on Monday, March 13th, 2023.
0: May 20th ish. I don't know the calendar dates. Uh 2028. <laughs> Whoa. No way, 2028. 5 years. Not a shot, man. I, I think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna make another movie in Kathleen Kennedy's regime. And then once she is replaced, then they start developing a movie, which takes time. Got to get the budget. You got to film it. Got to market it. Got to release it. 2028. As
1: long as there's no Avatar in the theater, I think we'll be seeing a Star Wars movie winter 2025.
0: So that's, that's in like less than two years. Two and a half or year. spring
1: of 2026.
0: <laughs> they if don't they release get in their the spring. Shit. It's Christmas or summer, and that's what they do. Yeah. Didn't Solo come out in the spring? Solo came out Memorial Day weekend after mm. Infinity War. So they shot themselves in the foot with that one. Because Infinity War was the beginning of May. But Memorial Day weekend has been the release of all six George Lucas produced Star Wars movies. So they felt nostalgic but they should have kept the christmas date until avatar started coming out because no one was going to see anything else around that time so
1: I God, can you imagine if avatar 3 does really well again
0: i'm just gonna be it will people love those movies i'm gonna choke myself with a navi tale. there's gonna be five avatar movies Ugh. and so because of that we're not gonna see a star wars movie until 2028. what if they cross over with star wars and they turn out the,
1: the avatar movies take place in the pandora universe like instead of an alien egg in in the post credits for avatar 3 it's like fucking jake Sully. stormtrooper your chlorian count is off the charts jake's <laughs> <laughs> um uh
0: i would i'd hang myself my <laughs> all right well on that
1: positive note we're gonna take a short break before we come back with our topic of the week um star wars we need you
0: I should say Celebration's coming up. I am very excited. There's going to be a lot of fun things revealed, but yeah, we'll I don't think do a movie a, is one of them. So.
1: We'll have to do a gut check reaction after Star Wars Celebration with you. We'll get you and Cal on the podcast. There's got to be some big announcement. I predict there is some tease
0: of what the next film project is going to be. I disagree, um, but I do think they will tease things that have not been announced
2: But they'll all be on Disney Plus. Only time will tell.
1: All right, we'll be right back. All right, everybody, everybody, welcome, come on down, it's the Oscars, everybody's favorite night of the year, it's movies, it's the magic of movies, as Nicole Kidman would say, she wants you to come to the theater, she wants to entrance you and uh, just, you know, make you her mate before she cuts off your head like a praying mantis, It's uh, it's time to talk about the Oscars. We're gonna talk about movies' biggest night of the year. Uh, this year's Oscars was a particularly interesting and uh, diverse year, if I do say so myself. Maybe yeah, not definitely. in the maybe not in the in the movies that won, because uh, a lot of one movie won a lot of things, which we'll talk about here. But basically, <laughs> um, it was an interesting year. I think it was a good year for movies. I, I've said I said this on I I don't remember which podcast I said this on, but. 2022 was is gonna go down as one of those special years for movies, in my opinion. I think that there was just a lot of really good shit that came out this last year, and uh, lots of really entertaining movies, lots of really fun movies, and uh, I think that this year's Oscars was a really good show. Actually, like I thought that they kept it pretty tight. Uh, it started at 8 p.m. Eastern and ended at 11:30. So it was three and a half hours long, <laughs> but still, I thought that it it wrapped up r- w- pretty well. They moved through it pretty efficiently. Uh, the performances, all the music performances, I thought were really, really good and entertaining. Uh, I thought Mull's opening monologue was pretty su- surprisingly well done. Um, but yeah, just in terms of the show overall, you got to watch a little bit of it before you took a break for The Last of Us, and then you came back. Fuck yeah, dog. Yeah. Nobody got slapped, so that was... Good. No slaps, but they made about 20 jokes about the slap, so just as yeah, I predicted.
0: As predicted,
1: uh, yep. The over-under, I can't remember what the, the odds were, the Vegas odds for the over-under on slap jokes, but it definitely hit the over. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, what do you some, expect? Yeah. It's easy. It's an easy joke. But uh, it, something to note here is that I think that they constructed this show purposefully knowing about The Last of Us. Um, which we'll talk about.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. You mentioned this. I was gone for an hour. And nothing happened. And you're like, happened. you missed the most boring hour. <laughs> Literally nothing happened. Technical awards, I'm assuming.
1: Like, what was the last thing before you jumped off for The Last of Us? It was. Um...
0: I think it was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis winning Best Supporting Actor.
1: Okay. So, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis wins. They do a couple documentary awards. And then. Okay, I
0: did see that
1: before I left, actually. Yeah. And then in the gap between nine to ten, nothing of real consequence happened. Some there were some interesting presentations, some some technical awards. I'm pretty sure like visual effects showed up there. I'm pretty sure costume design or makeup design showed up there. And then right at ten o'clock, like literally at ten o'clock, almost on the dot, Lady Gaga shows up to perform. Um, hold my hand. Yeah. And I was like, they planned this. These motherfuckers planned this. They were like, we knew. We knew that. And and news actually broke tonight about the viewership for the finale of The Last of Us. So we're going to talk about that. But it was staggering how many people watched the finale (laughs) of The Last of Us. And so I think that they knew this going in. But
0: um, now you didn't watch it at nine. No, so you're a fucking cook. You waited until whenever <laughs> it was fine for you to watch it as opposed to tuning in when Neil Druckmann demands us to watch it, which is at nine.
1: But here's the thing is that I, I didn't have anybody to watch it with. So I would have been watching it by myself and then went back to the Oscars. But instead, you I
0: you could have called me and we could have watched it and talked the whole time. No, we wouldn't. Have. Yeah, we could have. I don't want to talk to you. I love
1: you, but I don't want to. T- I don't want to talk to you on the phone and hear you sniffling and crying while I'm trying to watch this fucking masterpiece.
0: You just don't want to hear me jerking off. That's this. That's the only thing. <laughs> Your cargo. Your cargo. <laughs> I'm the cargo. I'm the cargo. I'm the
1: cargo. I'm gonna be Pedro Pascal's cargo. Um, but yeah, so let's focus on the Oscars first cause we got a few awards to talk about, but yeah, big awards show. You can see the full list of Oscar awards. If you just use fucking Google your plebs. Um, but we're going to go through the big ones. Um, John and I did a Oscars pick Yeah. We're not going to reveal who won until the end. So stay tuned to figure out who won between the two of us in Oscars pick Uh huh. But let's go category by category. Uh, the Oscars this year aired on uh, March 12th, this past Sunday. And uh, yeah, there were some big categories. We're going to go through the biggest ones, uh, the ones that we voted on. So uh, I'm not going to read all the nominees. I'm just going to read the winners here. So yeah,
0: that's fine. We already did the
1: nominees in, a, in another pod. So yep. So you can go back and check that out. But best animated feature film, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio took the award. Um, this was a loss by me. I voted for Marcel. Fucking bleep! I voted yeah. for Pinocchio. Let's go, baby. This was Should my. Pedal uh, we up?
2: Should pedal high this,
1: <laughs> this is one of my uh, hopeful categories where yeah, I was like, I understand. I wanted to win. I thought Pinocchio very deserving, though. It's an excellent,
0: excellent movie. You still haven't seen it yet, right? Haven't seen any of the films that were nominated for animated feature, which is shocking because I genuinely at least see one, like Coco or something, and then I'm like, that's the one. So I missed out last year.
1: Well, I definitely – I mean I haven't seen Puss in Boots, the Sea Beast, or tur- – or I haven't seen Puss in Boots of the Sea Beast, but I did see Turning Red. Um, but I definitely think that Del Toro's Pinocchio and Marcel are both uh, m- must-watch movies I think yeah. for, from last year. So yeah. uh, definitely deserved – I made you the comment that I just want Del Toro – I want I D- want Guillermo Del Toro to just be my uncle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he just seems like yeah. such
1: a nice guy. Like He's he just jolly. Seems like such a He's sweetheart. like the real Santa. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna come. He's like, he comes down the chimney to deliver presents, except for instead of presents, he delivers like insightful commentary on Nazi Germany. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, actor in a leading role. So keep tabs at home right now. The right now, we're John is at one, one oh, yep. Zach is and one, so keep tabs at home. We're not gonna keep tally for you. Actor in a supporting role, uh, I picked Kihi Kwan and Kihi Kwan won. I'm assuming you also picked Kihi Kwan. I did. I did. Yeah,
0: this was they, a... Uh,
1: I love you. This was <laughs> a uh, awesome speech. I definitely so, teared yeah. up.
0: Yeah, this is a shoe in though, too. He's won, like, every supporting actor award at any award show this year. So this was the one, though, was like, the Mahershala Ali Green Book Award, where it's just, like, it's going to be him. It's always going to be him. Yeah. How did you feel about your boy, Brendan Gleeson?
1: I mean, I like Brendan Gleeson, but I didn't even think he was the best performance in that movie. I think Kerry Condon and Colin Farrell were better than Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. So, you know, I think this was an easy category to pick. I thought that maybe they were going to give it to Judd Hirsch in terms of, like, the Academy just loves their old crusty white guys.
0: Yeah, the Academy decided to go weird this year. They're like, you know what? Let's just recognize the one that everybody saw. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, Kihi Kwan won. He gave an excellent speech where you can see his his whole thing about like, you know, going from refugee camps and like not knowing his place in life or whatever. Like his whole it was just a very passionate speech, like and you could just man, the emotion in his voice, it's like Oh, man, it, it just warms you. It, it warms the cockles of your fucking heart. Just like yeah. my cold, dead heart. Just seeing how happy he was on that stage. It's just really, really, really special moment. So congratulations to uh, Mr. Kiki Kwan. Fucking awesome. Well-deserved there for Everything Everywhere All at Once. For sure. Next one, actress in a supporting role. The winner of this one went to Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything yeah, Everywhere All at Once. Jimmy. You. You voted for Jamie Lee. I did. Okay. the the favorite, the odds favorite was Angela Bassett, who (laughs) I don't know if you saw, but she did not look happy.
0: No, Uh, I think she thought she was for sure gonna lock that shit up. Yeah, she got caught in the everything, everywhere, all at once wave. It's not her fault. No pun intended for like the Namor stuff, but like, yeah, that that. I mean, Wakanda Forever did win a Oscar, so that's cool. But costume design, right? Yeah, um, I don't know if Jamie Lee is the right pick here, but I, I am happy that I got it right. And I do really like Jamie Lee Curtis. I've had a crush on her for a long time. So shout out to you. Keep getting it, girl. But uh, let's make Freaky Friday 2 happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> At home movie, you and me. <laughs> yeah, my
1: my vote here was for Carrie Condon. Um, I uh, I actually Oof. think you didn't even pick
0: Stephanie Sue.
1: No, I think Kerry Condon is just amazing and Banshee's Vanishing. I think that Stephanie Sue is better than Jamie Lee Curtis and everything everywhere all at once, uh, which is fascinating that Jamie Lee was what won. But the general consensus on the internet seems to be the this is more of a legacy award for Jamie Lee. I hate Um, that. I'm not a huge fan of it either, but it does make for the awesome photo of Kihi Kwan, Jamie Lee Curtis, and spoilers. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about it. Michelle Yeoh. But the yeah. three of them holding their Oscars with, like, the Daniels or whatever. And it's just like, man, Pretty what dope. a fucking photo. Pretty dope. Um, but, yeah, Angela Bassett seems to be the big snub here. Snub, quote, unquote. I I thought she gave a really good performance in Wakanda Forever. I, you know where I stand on that movie. I thought that she was good, but not – amazing she had two really really great sequences but like carrie condon's amazing through the whole band she's been a sheer and jamie lee curtis at least you know she's involved for most of it I, even stephanie Hsu, holy shit she's awesome hong chow is the only one i've still not seen the whale so i have not much to comment about her role in in that movie but
0: yeah me neither
1: um, yeah, so that was Actress in a, in a Supporting Role. Next up, Documentary Feature Film. I picked Fire of Love. I think Me you too. did as well. Um, the winner was Navelny. Navalny. Cool. Um, congrats to you guys. Congrats. Next up, a Short <laughs> Film Live Action. I think both of us picked an Irish Goodbye.
0: Irish Goodbye, yes.
1: Yeah, and I think we both picked it based on the title. It's a great title. Good title. Uh, So that one next up was cinematography and I picked all quiet on the Western front, which one, I don't know what you picked.
0: I also picked all quiet on the Western front.
1: Okay. So another winner for us. Uh, This was the first time that Elvis got kicked in the teeth and that will be a theme for the rest (laughs) of the evening.
0: Uh, Yeah. So we should say Elvis banshees and Babylon the batman all of those movies just got completely snubbed entirely completely in snubbed, any category yeah. they were in they didn't win a single thing so apparently banshees in a sheeran must have been the number two vote for everybody because it just wasn't enough to send anything over the edge yes. which is crazy because you seem to really like that movie yeah it was in my total last year i'm surprised they didn't win a single goddamn thing yeah i'm shocked honestly but yeah
1: um you know okay so makeup and hairstyling this was my my fan pick i picked the batman i was Me hoping too that, i was hoping that colin farrell's makeup for the penguin and all yeah. the all that stuff would push it over the edge but nope it turned out that it was the fat suit that they put on brendan Fraser because the whale won I Can't put the whale won two oscars it's insane. yeah um costume design what did you pick for costume design
0: black panther wakanda forever
1: Okay, so you won this one. I lost this one because I picked Elvis. I was like, this is the one that Elvis
0: in. <laughs> this conversation a little more, actually. All
1: those fucking capes that he wears in that scene where he's I like, <laughs> I was like, it's got to be Elvis. Yeah, nope. for sure. I lost that one. So international
0: feature film.
1: Uh, what did you pick for this one?
0: All Quiet on the Western Front.
1: I also picked all quiet on the western front so we both picked the that was winner
0: the, that was the dune of this year just won a lot of the technical ones so yeah um
1: next one documentary short film I picked how do you measure a year me too and the winner was the elephant whisperers cool mm-hmm. short film animated uh, I picked the boy the mole the fox and the horse me too because it looked like it had a cool animation style. I also I really thought about liked picking, the
0: animation style.
1: Yeah, it's really pretty looking. I thought about picking my year of dicks, and I liked that Pedro was the one that was announcing this award. And yeah. He was like, I was like, I don't know if I could say this on TV. This was
0: <laughs> when I was watching The Last of Us, so that's weird that he was on stage during The Last of Us, because I don't remember any of these awards getting announced.
1: I wonder if that was by contract, too, because this was a Disney show. It's they so were like, we funny. want
0: you on stage while you're on. It'd be funny <laughs> if he
1: was like... Everybody pull it up on your phones right now.
0: (laughs) They had to drag them off stage.
1: The winner of this award goes to HBO Max. I mean, uh, the boy, the mole, the fox, and the source. Subscribe. Um, Next up was production design. And this was another shot in the dark for me. I picked Babylon. Me too. I thought it was going to win one.
0: This would be the one it it seems like it would have won. Like I saw the trailer. It looked really cool in terms of the big part yeah i um it I went to that... on the western front which I, it's extremely lame because it's just like oh battlefields and trains boo Mud. at least if it wasn't going to be babylon like do avatar you cowards
1: but production design for avatars are just standing on blue screens
0: and they're underwater are they though they filmed underwater did they though that's production
1: I don't know. I think James Cameron's just pulling our leg. He's like, yeah, we filmed you Blood don't, and Water. You
0: can't talk because you haven't seen that fucking movie. So why don't you shut the fuck up? Yeah, right, I'll shut the fuck up. But <laughs> I thought mean, that I thought that it was like, okay, so Babylon,
1: not everyone's favorite movie. Definitely bombed. I liked it more than a lot of people did. But I was like, okay, it's going to win something because it's a movie about movies made by the guy that did Whiplash and La La Land. It's got to win something. And I, I think I might have thrown my – didn't win book.
0: anything for First Man though, so – He's on a skid. He sucks now, man. No offense.
1: <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't take any offense to that. I'm just kidding. No, he's, fine two, he's two for two. He's literally <clears throat> batting a 50% average at this point.
0: Yep. Baseball is so hard that you can have a losing average and still get into the Hall of Fame. So maybe he should switch to that. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> um, music. Original score. Uh, I The winner was All Quiet on the Western Front. What did you pick?
0: I picked Bansheesman, Sheeran, Carter, Ooh. Burrell.
1: I picked All Quiet on the Western Front.
0: So, this is where you start to edge things back. Um, can we talk about John Williams for a second? Sure. So, Jimmy Kimmel made a point in his monologue John Williams nominated 53 times, won five. Oh, five. Four. four Was five. it five or four? Either way. It might, it's something like that. Doesn't matter. It's single digits. Isn't that crazy? It's bonkers. Is it one of those things where it's like after the first couple ones, they're like, all right, yeah, we get it. You're really good. And they just like stop giving them awards. Because I remember the last couple of years tuning into the Oscars and thinking, sure, he would have won the Oscar for Force Awakens, Last Jedi, or Rise of Skywalker because it's Star Wars music. He's only won one Oscar for a Star Wars movie. One Oscar for Jaws, I think, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, maybe, and then one other Or maybe that's it. It's surprising to me that they haven't given him another Oscar for a Star Wars movie because I feel like Star Wars music has gotten more and more iconic and he keeps making new stuff. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, but Oscar's no offense. He's literally given us everything.
1: Yeah, no, I love John Williams as much as the next guy, but no offense to him. But like the Star Wars scores, especially like I like Force Awakens. I like Ray's theme, but that's like really the only impactful new theme like the. The new Sith theme for Kylo is cool, but it's basically just the the march, the Imperial march with one less note.
0: That couldn't be any more wrong. You should just stop talking. <laughs> 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 what about Duel of the Fates then? Why didn't he win for Phantom Menace?
1: Ah, Maybe the Academy was feeling a little bit burnt by the Phantom Menace. Like,
0: but that's the best part of the Phantom Menace is the music. Easy, yeah. So it's all new themes except for the Star Wars theme like the force theme.
1: The the theme at the end where they're all standing and Anakin's holding that dumbass globe for no reason or but no
0: <laughs> That's a good that's, that's a good track right there. That's Boss and ass holding the globe, you uncultured fuck. So check your source next time. <laughs> Alright. Don't don't fucking come into the barn unless you're ready to get slapped, all right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right visual effects i think we yeah. both picked the same one here avatar the way of water one yep i'm surprised batman was nominated had the lowest odds of, the, uh, of winning
0: yeah do you think it's well no shocker there do you think it got nominated because of uh, the fact that they filmed that movie in the pandemic and like all the skyscraper scenes are fake
1: it's all the it's all the egg the volume right
0: yeah but
1: it's like a good-looking volume. It's yeah, the best it's use good. of the volume that's ever or will <laughs> ever be used. Otherwise, yeah. that contraption is is Satan's spawn.
0: It's insane. Kill
1: the kill the volume. Kill it.
0: It's time to let old things die. Kill it if, kill you, it have if to. you have to. <laughs> um,
1: writing original screenplay. Uh, yep. The winner was Everything Everywhere All at Once. What did you pick? Everything Everywhere All at Once. As did I. Yep. As did I. And this was the beginning of the everything, every. So, I mean, obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis, Kihi Kwan, but then there was a gap of things where it was like, okay, we didn't hear about this movie, but then this award happens. And then it's just the floodgates open, man. Yeah. So, yeah, original screenplay there. So, writing adapted screenplay. And I'm going to read this, but then I have a caveat to make here because I realized something that I never realized before.
0: Yeah, I can't. Yeah, this is such a funny text conversation that we had.
1: Top Gun Maverick won. No, it didn't. Or no, sorry, woman talking one. Yeah, sorry. Oh, ooh, that's gonna get me canceled by the women. Uh, <laughs> women talking.
0: The talking women are gonna talk to you. <laughs> You're fucked.
1: Uh, yeah, women talking one. My pick was Top Gun Maverick.
0: My pick was women talking because okay, I respect so the fair sex. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's funny as shit. Um, but something I realized was that um, it was – I don't even remember who was reading these nominees, but they were like Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery based on characters written by Ryan Johnson. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, yeah. is
0: that the criteria? Mm-hmm. So you sequel could sequel is an adapted screenplay. That is So for shit. example, Empire Strikes Back could have been nominated for adapted screenplay based off of characters introduced by George Lucas. But typically that doesn't happen. Typically, no, but it does occasionally like on a technicality, if that makes any sense. Most of the time, it's usually adapting a novel, but occasionally it's adapting a property. Top Gun Maverick, same thing. It's adapting the first Top Gun film, which had characters created in the 80s.
1: And I guess that feels more appropriate for something like Maverick, where it's like there's like a 40, like a thirty-year time gap between the '80s and now,
0: where it's like okay, not
1: not knives out, yeah, (laughs) not knives out, where that movie came out a couple years back, and it's and the
0: only adapted character is Benoit Blanc, so it's just dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Put Um, a little bit of butter on it now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can we get Ralph the Baker to be in the in the Glass Onion sequel?
0: We should just go to New Orleans and have a, a murder mystery party with Ralph the Baker. Someone poison my shrimp Creole <laughs> would have put, put some garlic powder on that, babe. <laughs> put some arsenic
1: on that now. Nah. <laughs> All right, next up was sound sound design here. And Maverick, uh, Maverick was the winner. And I picked Maverick as well. Did Me you? Too. Yeah, I mean, there's no other option. They're literally flying planes.
0: It's it's going to sound great.
1: I thought that you could have done All Quiet on the Western Front here because, like, people love their war movie sound effects, the gunshots, the war sounds, the violence. A lot of (laughs) killing. A lot of killing. Yeah. Um, But then they made that comment or whatever where they were like, the original Top Gun was up for the Oscar for best sound and lost. And so now they're like, they won it again X amount of years later.
0: Yeah. Well, good Um, for them. I think that was the right pick. Good for them. Yeah. Now, the wrong pick is this next category. No offense to all Pers- of our Indian listeners. Well,
1: that song is a bang. Okay, so um, yeah, music original score. The winner was Natu Natu
0: from RRR, and uh, I picked Lift Me Up. Me too. I was pissed because Riri came out and slayed this like uh, 30 minutes before. Also, Ooh, she was looking good. She was crushing it. I think Damn. you're into Prego porn. Are you into Prego? <laughs> Just, just it's, it's my baby. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the father. That's my son. <laughs> that man is my father.
1: Um, the only thing I didn't like about the Rihanna performance was what the fuck was up with the stage? She was standing on a bird's nest. Is that? Do you see that?
0: Yeah. Weird too, but who am I to judge?
1: Sure. The performance <laughs> itself was good, but not too, not too. I mean, you can't deny that song is a fucking. That song is a. That song is a slap. I I still Yeah, it is. Movie. But
0: one of these songs was written for a deceased actor that they mentioned <laughs> and they didn't give the Oscar for that. So it's again Chadwick getting shut out at the Oscars. RIP. Yeah, think about that for a little bit. Do, well, do you
1: think the song Do you think Lift Me Up was written for Chadwick or was it written for the contraption that carries her up the stairs because she's too pregnant to walk up them? <laughs>
2: That a
0: joke. that's up. a terrible joke let's move on Hold me down. <laughs> how dare
1: you honestly oh i'm sorry rihanna i'm sorry if you're listening all right next award film
0: editing we're not coming for christmas
1: <laughs> the award for film editing went to
0: everything everywhere all at once what did you pick i actually picked maverick i don't know Ooh. why yeah, it was a bad pick by me. I should have picked I should have picked everything that's more of a slam dunk. But
1: The odds were neck and neck, though. Top Gun and everything were close enough. I thought
0: Top Gun would win because of, like... Uh, Top Gun does a really good thing where they show the same thing five fucking times, and it's still gripping every time you see it, which is them running the training course and them eventually running the actual... Run down the canyon and stuff like that. Like a good editor has a great way of splicing in music and intention and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know. I just thought Top Gun was a a good movie, Sure. My favorite thing about the film editing award
1: was that the directing um the winner was Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert for everything everywhere all at once. What did you pick? I picked
0: Steven. You picked Spielberg. I thought they would give it to him one more time. I thought this was gonna be the white award. You know what I mean? Quote unquote, <laughs> where they were just like, "Here's an attaboy for you." But instead, they went they went with the uh, consensus for the rest of the night, which is the Daniels, which I that they won too. But I was just winning win a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't even see the Fablemans, and I don't have any intention to. No offense, Steven.
1: I picked the Daniels. So this is my comeback tour. Is these couple picks yeah. right here?
0: But yeah, um, this is your this is your back to back comeback tour. Actually, your your three back to back to back, right here is where you closed it out.
1: Yeah, That's editing directing. Nice. The next and,
0: one. The next one hurt me.
1: Yeah. So actor in a leading role, the winner went to Brendan Fraser for the whale. I picked Brendan yeah. Fraser. John, you picked your boy Austin Butler.
0: Yeah, and honestly, like no offense to Brendan Fraser, but I. I think Austin Butler should have won. I think seen they the gave whale? this to Brendan Fraser <laughs> because he was sexually assaulted a couple years ago and had to leave Hollywood. This is another one of those Jamie Lee Curtis type, let's just give it to him kind of things.
1: I mean, I think that this is a little, personally speaking from someone that hasn't seen The Whale, I think this is a little bit more than that. Not only is it a legacy thing with Brendan Fraser in terms of his his career in Hollywood and like dealing with, Not just, you know, the sexual abuse stuff and, like, dealing with that, but, like, also just his role as, like, a leading man then turned, like, dealing with weight issues, dealing with, like, self-esteem issues, limelight being in and out of the spotlight. All things that Elvis had to deal with
0: as a real person.
1: Yeah, but Austin Butler's not Elvis as much as he'd like to pretend
0: that he is on a day-to-day basis. He is. (laughs) He's Elvis 2.0, baby. It's happening. (laughs) Um, but yeah, Brendan Frazier. I I was bummed because I genuinely, I genuinely like the performance in Elvis. I know you don't particularly like that movie as much, but I think we can both agree that he is really good as Elvis in that movie. And, uh, in a world where Rami Malek wins for Freddie Mercury and Austin Butler doesn't win for Elvis, it just makes me mad. So, yeah. So here's the thing. Because Rami Malek is doesn't give a great performance in that movie no so if
1: you if you remove Rami Malek's win for for uh Freddie Mercury I think it way would have been way more of a it's just I just I would I could already see the headlines of Austin Butler won. it's like oh so we gave another best actor award to another guy portraying a famous white musician that's yeah you know in a movie that's not and I hate to say this like I liked Elvis but like Neither Elvis nor Bohemian Rhapsody really rocked my world. I thought both no, of them were fun and entertaining movies, but neither one of them are like great. I I actually do think that like you know, I I'm scared to see The Whale. I want to watch it, but I'm also just scared it's going to emotionally really devastate me. I'm an easy movie cry, we all know this, so
0: yeah, sure. I'm really I'm, I'm just yeah. You know. I don't know. I will say, though, that when they announced, like, they staggered the um, nominated for Best Picture this year is blah in between each category. You know what I mean? And when they showed the Elvis sizzle reel, you know who didn't sizzle reel was Tom, Colonel Tom Parker, yeah. which I thought was awesome. I was just like, they're, that's when I thought that he might still win, as I was like, they're just fucking shedding the limelight on Austin Butler right now. But Oh, well. Maybe uh, maybe for Elvis, too. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. Electric Boogaloo. Elvis back
0: from the kidding. grave. Yeah, so here's the thing, though. Do you think Austin Butler will ever be nominated for an Oscar again?
1: Sure. He's a young guy. He's got a big career ahead of him. I hope that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I hope he's a star. Sure. Maybe. Because he, he's already got that in. You know what I mean? So it'd be nice to see him do some stuff with Tarantino. That'd be awesome as a like a lead of the movie, not just like playing T X. <laughs> no, something dumber <laughs> than that. Yeah. Um, Ricks, T X. All right.
1: Next up, actress in the leading role. Uh, the winner was Michelle Yao for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. This was my pick. This is also my pick. So we both slam dunk here. This was again just another amazing speech. Uh, it was. I don't think this was a close race at all. Do you? I don't think so at
0: all. I think that this was a uh, this was a yeah. slam dunk. <laughs> yeah, this would have been one of those things though, where if they gave it to Kate Blanchett, people would have been like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Michelle, yo, walks on stage, slaps <laughs> slaps Kate Blanchett in the
1: face. Y'all, I'm gonna let you finish, but Michelle, yeah, had the best performance of all time, of all time. So funny. Uh, I think that the sleeper pick could have been uh, Michelle Williams in the Fablemans. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Michelle Yao won. I think that's Maybe they got
0: shut out. Huh? I said that movie they got shut out from all of its rewards. Poor Steven Spielberg.
1: Poor, poor, poor Steven Spielberg.
0: Just go make another Indiana Jones movie, you bitch.
1: (laughs) All right, and then the coup de gras, the, uh, the piece de resistance, best picture, the winner of this year's Oscars, best picture, was Everything Everywhere All at Once. I picked yep. Everything Everywhere All at Once. Did you? So did I. Yep. And there it is. Yeah, best picture. So Everything Everywhere All at Once was the most nominated movie this year at the Oscars. It was also the most won. I think it came, walked away with seven of the main awards. That's crazy, um, and it was nominated for like eleven or something like that. Yeah, so big year for our film. We did it,
0: Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, good win for for that movie. That movie's fucking sick. So I'm yeah. happy for all the people involved.
1: It's a special movie. I I think that now begin. I saw someone on Reddit give a really salient comment where it's like, okay, so now begins. The the train of everybody realizing uh, – everybody saying like, oh, it was a good movie, but it was actually overrated because now it's just been given all these accolades or whatever. Because yeah, that's what the like internet – Like you are with most Steven Spielberg movies.
0: Yeah. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's what – that's what the internet does. Sometimes it's like, well, we're this big champion of this big, this small thing because we want it to be this. We want it to be recognized. But then, as soon as it becomes this big, recognized thing that it's popular, it's like people are then. Well, it's like maybe it wasn't as good as we thought it was. Maybe it was like. So it's like I definitely yeah. think that over the next couple of years we're going to see the train of people being like, well, it was a unique movie, but it wasn't necessarily the best movie. Um, I would challenge y'all to say, just go back and rewatch the. The scene where Kihi Kwan gives the speech to Michelle Yeoh, where he talks about just wanting to do laundry and taxes together and talking about happiness. And, and I, I, that I challenge you to watch that scene and then say to yourself, I don't think I think that this is the best that Hollywood had to give us in the year 2022, because I think yeah. that, that movie is just I think it's an infinitely special movie that speaks to me. And I think that it is more than deserving. I think that it's one of my favorite movies of all time at this point. Um Love watching it again and again. Like I've seen it six, seven, eight times at this point. I just think that it's it's incredibly impactful. I'm very happy that it won. I'm happy that sweep. Good for A24 as well. Big year for A24. Massive, uh, massive year for them last year. Yeah, so they are uh, they are officially a player. Like not that anyone was doubting that before with like Ari Aster and all their fucking films. Like the the fact that this year, they walked away with best actor, best actress, best picture, best director, best screenplay. It's like they walked away with all the heavyweights. Um, they are officially the studio to reckon with. They are they are making the, the best movies out there, in my opinion, right now, per capita.
0: Nice. Yeah, I would agree.
1: And uh, this leaves us an interesting spot, my friend John Swan Parker, because... Uh, we tied.
0: <laughs> yeah, we did.
1: And someone didn't fill out the 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 tiebreaker question, which was
0: how many seconds will the first acceptance speech be? Mm. Yeah. No, I didn't see that there was a tiebreaker question. So congratulations for you for well, reading all of the questions. I don't
1: feel um I don't feel necessarily very good about it because the the. How many seconds will the first acceptance speech be? The answer was 71 seconds. Was the speech for a best animated film. That was the first acceptance speech. 71 seconds. My guess was 42 seconds. Nice. So I came within a couple points, like 30 point, 30 better seconds of that. Better than event. zero. <laughs> it's better than zero. But I still think that we need a better tiebreaker. So if anybody out there has a good idea for how to tiebreak this year's Oscars awards... Yeah. Let me
0: know. I think it should be the that's finished Daredevil.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay. So that's the Oscars. Any last thoughts about this year's awards and the winners and everything? Did you want to, did you have any final comments?
0: No, I already talked about John Williams. I enjoyed seeing Harrison Ford and Key Quan hug on stage. Yeah, that was, that was the, the best, best moment of best the show. Picture. For that's the nexus point of this entire year. Um, That's about all I got to say about that. <laughs> Yeah, uh,
1: that was the moment of the show for me. For Thank you for bringing that up was the key. He, like I, that was when I knew I was like when they announced that Harrison Ford was going to be not, reading Best Picture. I was like, they got this. They got this. Yeah, it's sealed up. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine Harrison Ford walking on stage? and Top like, Gun Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh get off my plane (laughs) tom cruise wasn't even at the awards show neither was james cameron which i found pretty entertaining
0: johnson
1: neither was ryan johnson and kimmel said
0: you could tell the people that aren't gonna win awards based on if they're not there so
1: kimmel kimmel had the great line where he was like and it was written by however many studio writers but he was like the two, James Cameron and and uh, Tom Cruise are not here tonight. He's like the two people that told us to come out to the theaters couldn't make it to the fucking show tonight or whatever.
0: Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah, like so, yeah, that's pretty apt. So, As well, there you go. To do with their mental psychosis, but yeah,
1: Jimmy Kimmel dropped a uh, Scientology joke live on stage. So we'll see if he's uh, he's swimming with the fishes or not. <laughs> Matt Damon just replaces him. Matt Damon live. I'd watch it. I'd watch too. Matt Damon host the late night show. I would. Watch, can you imagine Ben Affleck announced Ben Affleck and Matt Damon announces the next host of the late night show?
0: That'd be amazing. <laughs> too bad Matt Damon wasn't in the finale. The last of us, though. Too bad.
1: But thank you for that beautiful segue, because the last thing we have to talk about, we're running long on this pod, but we've got a nice solid 15, 20 minutes, I think before we can call it close and talk about the finale of The Last of Us. HBO's The Last of Us came to a conclusion uh, on Oscar Sunday, this past Sunday, the twelfth, and uh, the season is over. It's finally, finally done. It feels like it had. It feels like it just started, doesn't it? Like it feels like this. The last nine weeks have just gone by like
0: that. Yeah, it's honestly not even fair how quickly it's gone by i'm so sad that it's over
1: <laughs> My, what do I have to live this for? upcoming
0: sunday i'm gonna feel like an empty fucking galoof it's terrible just start watching
1: it over from the beginning every sunday
0: yeah i could do that that would be that would be on par for me so or <laughs> every, every sunday, sunday
1: every sunday you could play the game exactly how long each episode takes to get there
0: yeah i've had some friends that have been doing that they've been after each episode, they play up until the yeah, episode ends. Steve's been doing that is- with his girlfriend, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's over. Season one, it wrapped up all of the first game, as we predicted. Pretty much laid out episode for episode, with the exception of the fact that we thought it was going to be 10 episodes. It was nine. Otherwise, the main story breaks were all the same. Yep. It's been such a wonderful fucking nine weeks of television, honestly, just like. Kudos to everybody that's developed this this show from the set production designers to the writer team, especially led by Craig Mazlin and uh, Neil Druckmann, the cast, Pedro, Bella, fucking everybody just bring in their a game weekend and week out filming on real sets in Calgary. Like we have to go do the Last of Us tour in Calgary, Canada now. Um, yeah, it's it's a really good season of television like a really good season of television and I'm, I'm bummed that it's over, but when you're lost in the darkness, look for the light sack. So <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. In summary, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that we can officially, now that the dust is settled, now that it's all over, we've seen the whole thing. I think that this is easily the best video game adaptation ever made. I think it's one of the strongest single seasons of television I've seen in a long time. It's up there with like the watchman's for me where it's just perfect. It works so perfectly. Um, It tells the story of the first game in just as much detail as I wanted it. I think you could have done with a little bit more on the finale, which we'll talk about in a second once we do spoilers. Um, But I think that the show was impeccably paced, incredibly acted. I think everyone killed it. All the side characters, all the main characters. um, Yeah. It was fantastic. I think the writing was great, the direction was great, the visual effects were amazing. I mean, this is this is like premium content. It's 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 going to be interesting. Like you know, it was interesting watching this and Mandalorian like back to back. Not that I have anything <laughs> against the Mandalorian, but it's also like when you watch an HBO premiere yeah. programming television show and then go to like a Disney Plus show, you're like, it's kind of like going. It's like kind of getting like. Getting a Happy Meal at McDonald's and then walking down the street to Thurman's Cafe in Columbus and getting like a giant ass fucking burger, it's kind of like sure. it's kind of like that. Like not not that I have any problem with it. I still love a McDonald's Happy Meal. I love fucking Nugs and I love a McDouble, but it's like <laughs> I I, I what, HBO shows. This kind of programming is the shit that I live for. Like I live for that fucking meaty, girthy, amazing. Flavorful, well-seasoned, well-executed, artfully done show. And uh, yeah. The Last of Us HBO, the first season, man, is just a it, like. It's a strong nine-five out of ten for me. I think that, like, it's it's not it's not. I don't think it's absolutely perfect, but I think that most of it was, at least in my opinion. I think that, um, some episode. I think that the I don't want to, I don't want to get into spoilers too heavy right now, but um. I think that it was just great. It was all around great. I loved it. I, I think that it is it is the ne- the new gold standard in terms of how you do an adaptation of a property like this. And especially sure. for video games. Like I just think that this should be the blueprint going forward. Like
0: you get the yeah, creators if involved. if I'm working on that God of War show, I'm just fucking shitting my pants. <laughs> I'm so terrified.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, stuff it like that. It has to is be like, good. <laughs> You got to you got to try like it's like you've seen how well it can be done. It's just like it makes you sad when you see things that aren't done as well for
0: things that you the, love. One just of the funny much. the funny storylines that we haven't talked about is this came out a full calendar year after the Uncharted movie. Same Ooh. game studio, completely different involvement from the creators. And it shows it's insane. I'm literally in a pizza hut right now. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah, it's nuts. Like it's 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 crazy. So yeah, Last of Us
1: HBO season one it was excellent. Um, this comes from Variety today at around one thirty p.m. Uh, the Last of Us season one finale scores eight point two million viewers, which reached a season high despite Oscars competition. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, it broke its own viewership record. Uh, this isn't the first time that the last of us has outdone itself while competing with a major award show episode four, please hold to my hand, brought in 7.5 million viewers when it aired the same time as the Grammys, which was then a series high. Um, when the last of us debuted in January, it trailed house of the dragon to become the second most watched HBO premiere in over a decade. Uh, episode two, March HBO's biggest ever increase between a series first and second episode. Um, Yeah. I mean, the show, it's no shock that they've already a confirmed juggernaut. the second season. Yeah, uh, it a is juggernaut. a juggernaut. Yeah, it is officially a hit. Um, and this article, we're going to transition to spoilers here uh, before I read this article because it's going to touch on stuff from part two. So spoilers for Last of Us uh, HBO, spoilers for Last of Us The Game, and spoilers for Last of Us Part Two, uh, the video game. So don't watch this if you want to just if you're not a big video gamer and you just want to watch Last of Us Part Two when it does come to HBO Max in three years.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think two to three years. I think that's that's fair. I think they've already filmed some stuff for Part Two. Some There's, of the young stuff. They, yep. Just based Whoa. off of how that works, <laughs> I think that was already filmed during <laughs> Principal Photography Season One. I think they hedged their bets. Because they recorded the motion capture for the opening of part two after the first game wrapped, before they even began production on the second game. So Neil Druckmann, he knows, man. He fucking he gets us. Hey, look at us. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So this comes. From Can we variety. talk about just real quick? Sure. The uh, first episode of this season was called "When You're Lost in the Darkness," and the last is called "Look for the Light," which is the Firefly motto, which I thought was really cool.
1: Yeah, beautiful
0: fun little semantics there
1: yeah all the episode titles i thought were great like
0: what's your favorite long uh, long time
1: yeah probably i mean i i still see him by it i think that that might be the best single best episode of television i've ever seen in my life (laughs) like i think that that (laughs) no but i mean like what's your favorite title specifically still that I like that one. I also like the episode where they're in Jackson. What what was it? Hold to my kin or something like that. It's just called Kin. Kin. I like that one, too.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I think one of the cooler titles was probably last week's, which was uh, when we are in need. It's a cool name for a title. So anyway, that's besides the point.
1: All right. Um, Also came from yesterday. Uh, This also from Variety. Uh, The Last of Us was officially renewed for season two by HBO. Uh, the creators are planning, quote, more than one season to tell the much larger story from the video game sequel, The Last of Us Part Two, released on the PlayStation 4 in January in 2020. Seven years after the original game debuted, The Last of Us Part Two tells a bigger, more complex story than its predecessor. There are many more characters, flashbacks and action set pieces. And the creators of the HBO adaptation, Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann, confirmed to GQ that the events of Part Two will span more than one season. When asked if season two will include the entire part two story, Mason said, quote, no, no way. <laughs> Druckmann added, quote, it's more than one season. The creators wouldn't reveal a part two story but get two or three seasons to fully tell it. But Mason said, quote, you have noted correctly that we will not say how many, but more than one is factually correct. Um, yeah, and then the article goes on here. But so the big news. Um, not only is, uh, Bella Ramsey officially the only cast member so far confirmed to return. You have to imagine that Pedro Pascal can't be far behind, but Bella Ramsey is 100% confirmed to return for part two. And, um, the, now the, the creators of the show are saying that season part two of the game will span not just one season, but possibly two
0: or more. Um,
1: so this is Uh, my my guess would spoilers begin
0: (laughs) yeah my guess would be season two and season three of this television show span the second game um as to how it breaks down it's a little harder to predict how that works over two seasons of television but i'm sure that'll be something that we could save as a as a pod topic down the road when we have more time is
1: is how we would break it
0: if we did it (laughs) yeah um You don't listen to the official pod that Troy Baker hosts, do you? Okay. So do you mind if I ruin something for you then real quick? Okay. So he was talking to Craig and Neil and Ashley Johnson for the last episode of the official podcast, which I thought was great. They talked to Ashley about her performance, which I can't wait to get get into with you. Yeah. But Troy asked them, what are your plans for developing part two? And Neil said outright – Exactly what we did for the first game, but for the second game. So taking all the major story beats and things that people like about the second game and adapting them truthfully for television, while also taking things that only work in a video game and changing them in a way that works better for television. So in a way, don't worry about it, is essentially what he said. And I was like, you know what? I'm in. <laughs> so, I don't know. Those Those two guys are fucking... So smart, I think i don't I don't have any doubt in my mind that they'll figure out how to break that over multiple seasons. I texted you and Cal what I think my prediction for a cliffhanger would be if you're trying to cut that story in half, but we'll see. yeah, yeah,
1: i'm not I'm not against it. I'm also not for it. I think that I would rather just have a straightforward single season adaptation of the second game.
0: Um, the problem is HBO. They don't do television seasons longer than ten episodes, and I don't think you could do this in ten episodes. Yeah, that's just not what they order. So
1: yeah, I also think the problem more so than that is just that um, money. The this show is now officially popular, and so HBO is now thinking, okay, how can we would love we would love to have you guys on for season two, but we know what we'd love more than season two is the season three. Um, I just think that that the cleanliness of that breaks it up a little bit to me, where it's like, okay. I love the idea of like season one of The Last of Us being whole part one and then season two being all a part two. But maybe they do like Better Call Saul style where they have like a break and then they just call season two all of season two. But then they just take a eight, nine month hiatus between part one
0: of season two and part two of season two. That's Uh, I think what you I think that's what you're going to have to kind of think about because they're gonna have to film it all at once most likely too so you don't have any age gaps i don't think they would want to take breaks like that they can stagger the release of it and everything like that like you said but i honestly don't think that you need to worry about it at all honestly i think if anything like the big the big question now is is can they continue to nail the casting because the second game has three times the amount of characters and three times the amount of like plot. So it's like, that's gonna be that's gonna be the the tricky part, yeah, for me.
1: So. and this is not one of those things where it's like, you know Aren't you excited would, to
0: see fucking Gabriel Luna in Seattle, though.
1: Yeah, Woo, yeah doggy sniping people. It's gonna be great. I mean, I, this is not one of those things where, you know, this is just a zachism. like I would rather there be like I, I think I said this like I think twelve episodes, twelve hour to hour, you know, with some episodes that are an hour and a half or two hours long. I think would be totally appropriate to modify the second game for, especially cutting off a lot of the fat, not fat, but like trimming a lot of the stuff where it is more video gamey. Like
0: combat based stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that you could do the story of two in a single season that was just a little bit longer, but that would have to change the way HBO traditionally does their programming. But this isn't one of those things where Zach is going to lose sleep over the way that they do this. I'm also just, um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I I trust these guys. So, uh, you know, whatever they end up deciding to do, I'm excited to see how it goes. I'm at least happy that we got season one, which is an impeccable adaptation of something that I think is like pretty flawless source material. Yeah, Um,
0: I think it would have been a bigger travesty if they didn't do the second game. Don't you like if they only did one season of the show and they didn't adapt the second game, I'd be very, very like. Not mad at them specifically. Obviously, I could understand why they don't wanna if it ain't broke, don't fix it, but that second game is just it's so much better than the first game. Like I, I really wanna see how it would be treated on television.
1: So, yeah, I mean I I think I might be in the minority. It sounds like you might agree with me, but I you know, as much as I love the first Last of Us game, I think the story in Last of Us Part Two is just so much more uh impactful. Like I think that the I don't first think, one
0: yeah. I don't think it's anywhere close, in my opinion. I think the, first, cool. the second game is so much better.
1: Yeah, The, the Last of Us Part 1 is a – it's basically Cormac McCarthy's The Road. It is an interpretation of that kind of story, but it's with zombie apocalypse. You have a lot of really great character stuff. I think the stuff that they were able to do with Bill and with Left Behind kind of elevates it a little bit in a different area than something like The Road. But season – but part two of the game is a intricate – story that you only get with the knowledge and the story that you come to know from part 1 it takes that story and kind of goes down a completely different road that i think is just much more character driven and so
0: so satisfying and um think about I, how good season 2 or season 3 is going to be though when there's a whole bottle episode called finding strings and it's oh just God. back to basics for like 40 minutes
1: you're gonna cream in your fucking jeans, and that <laughs>
0: it's gonna be great.
1: So yeah, we'll see. I I, I am uh, I'm not worried about it. I I would rather it be one single season. But if they envision it being two, good for them. I just really hope that it's not the case where it's like season three of The Last of Us is coming out in 2020 fucking seven, 2028. Like I I really I don't want that. No, to drag I think they film it all, or, it
0: all at once and then they come out no less than a year apart. I think it'd be like Infinity War and Endgame at most, which is like a full calendar year in between the two. So, Yeah. Um, What did you think about the finale?
1: Yeah, the finale itself. I mean, it was a great episode. Uh, not my favorite of the season. I, I still don't think it's, I agree. it's my favorite episode of the season. I, I still think that uh, episode three is the best. I think Left Behind is amazing. I think that the episode with uh, Sam, Am and uh sorry Henry Sam and Henry thank you so much Sam and Henry it was great um like the 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 pilot just the whole pilot i thought was amazing uh i think that the final episode was really really, really great it had great great moments uh i think one moment in particular sticks out which is not in the game that i think like is a Perfect addition to the lore is the whole Joel talking about, like, him trying to kill himself after the death of Sarah. That whole interaction is, like, that is, like, 10 out of 10. How you do an adaption is that. What would you think about. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry. I was just going to say, like. That moment of them sitting, like sitting on the thing where they take a moment to have a breath where he, she's like, I guess time heals all wounds. And he's like, yeah, it wasn't time that healed it. Yeah. And you don't it's need like anything it. else. You just see the looks on their fucking faces. And Bella Ramsey is a perfect actor. And the yeah. way that she emotes in that moment, it's like and then it leads so perfectly up into the climax of the of the of the episode, which is something I want to talk about. But what was your what was your question? Uh, what do you
0: think in the draft scene?
1: It was really great. I mean, like it didn't – I think it hits you more – it hit me more emotionally playing the game for the first time. I'll never forget 100%. that moment playing the game for the first time because it 100%. does happen I would love right to ask after. somebody
0: that didn't know about yeah. the giraffe scene. Yeah, I agree.
1: I mean, Emily, so I watched it with Emily who has never played the game. She doesn't know anything about The Last of Us. She was like – it was. she was like, I did not expect to see that or whatever. It was like really, really cool. But I don't think it hit emotionally as deep. I would have – I would have – I don't think that they, they shouldn't have done this because viewership and everything, but I would have loved to have seen a world where the last two episodes aired back to back, because I think then that scene would have provide would have been a little bit more poignant because you come from this horribly horrifying moment where then you have the beginning of this finale, which I think is handled really well, where Ellie is like very visibly traumatized. And then you get the giraffe scene, but like in the game, it's like, what, 30, 40 minutes of silence from Ellie and you're like walking along and then all of a sudden you see the giraffes and it's this moment of levity. And that moment still like gets me emotional thinking about it. Yeah, it's really good.
0: I loved it. I thought it was awesome. (laughs) It was perfect. Um, I love the the stuff that they splice in. Obviously, that's new. Like, again, like what you talk about, Joel's second day after the outbreak. I also like the fact that he was foraging for Chef Boyardee and like, all the, com- like the callbacks to stuff. Um, you could see he's like really trying hard to be a dad now because he's made the full jump, even though Ellie is now traumatized from her experience with David. Um, him talking about the guitar, obviously. Really oh, man. Important. Can't wait for that. <sighs> That's sick as fuck. I can't wait to see Pedro sing Future Days. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> uh, and then I think the um, one thing that I didn't really think like when it first happened I was kind of bummed but it honestly didn't really matter. It's just the fact that the Fireflies flashbang them as opposed to Ellie like almost drowning in the which is what happens in the game. But I guess it doesn't really matter as long as they're both unconscious. So I don't know. But yeah and then the finale which is
1: nuts. Like the I mean I thought that the hospital sequence was done just almost
0: like literally haunting.
1: And uh Pedro turning into like zombie mode, like he turns into fucking the Terminator. Yeah, he, he like
0: you can see it on his face. Like it just like it doesn't affect him. He has no fear, he has no emotion. He just goes like full, like it's like he's possessed by something that is just like this insane killing machine. And, like, the scene for me, the moment of the montage, which I think the montage is really great because it's set to the main theme in, like, the creepiest way possible. But is the guy, like, setting the assault rifle down, and then he's just, like, just blows him away and just, like, keeps walking. And then when he kills the doctor, like, the guy says, like, barely the one line, which is – I'm not going to let you take I'm not going to let you do this, and he just caps him immediately. Insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's a – like –
1: Again, I was watching it with someone that did not have any, you know, any preconceived notion of of The Last of Us or whatever. And like, it was like, if all this is happening. It's like, Jesus. It was like, I just felt that you could feel the weight of the room. Like, just like, it's like, oh, my God. And then it, it is a good discussion piece. And I think I'm so glad that they deci- they talk about this in the making of the episode. But I am so glad that they decided to keep the ending exactly the way that it was where the question is about, you know, do you sacrifice one to save the lives of many? Like, what what do you do for someone that you care about? And the ending is just absolutely perfect. It's still just as perfect as it is in the game. Um, and that final shot, man, is just... It's fucking haunting. They do they did such a great job with it.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's, and Marlene, too. Um, yeah. Meryl Dandridge, she... Man, did that 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 character has a, even more of a, a presence in this episode because of the prologue with Anna yeah. Ellie's mom, which I think was really handled, which Neil confirmed as how he always envisioned that relationship going, which now that I've played the game 400 hours, knowing that Marlene killed Ellie's mom is even more haunting and like sad. But uh, that that prologue was great. I was fucking a mess when uh when Ashley Johnson's talking to the baby and she's like, oh, you're so tough. And she's like, she's like baby talking to it. And I'm just like, like you're going to hearing her voice, show, him Ellie. Yeah, her hearing her voice affects me emotionally, like it's not even close. And they talk about this in the pod where it's like Troy Baker as Joel is great. But Troy Baker is a man of a thousand voices. He can mimic lots of people. Ashley Johnson is Ellie. She's it's her own voice. It's how she is as a person. The space thing is hers. The cussing is hers like that's just she is that character. And, like, of course she would be the the mother of television it's, Ellie. You know what I mean? It it's is a great literally the.
1: It is a perfect idea. It's a great – it's a genius concept to have Ellie give birth to Ellie and have that be the the genesis of this whole story. Like, And I really liked how they did it, too, because they they show the bite. You see the umbilical cord. She goes to cut it. And, like, you're putting all the pieces in your head together. You're like, okay, so it's this really rare – hyper specific scenario in which she is exposed to the cordyceps at a young age while she's attached it doesn't affect her or whatever but it's like it it, it is so genius too and what I was uh, the thing that got me is that like I I forgot that that part was coming like I knew that Ashley Johnson was going to be in the show Uh, I didn't know that she was I forgot that she was going to be in the finale or maybe I didn't even see that anywhere but the very beginning is just like a black screen with like you can hear someone like running and I was like, that's fucking Ashley Johnson. I was yeah, like, I knew Ellie. it. I heard yeah. it immediately. I was like, that's Ashley Johnson. Yeah. So, yeah, so that good. Whole, that whole sequence is, is gut wrenching where, where Marlene comes in and she's like, You gotta take her. You gotta you gotta go save her. Like, how long have we been friends? How long have we known each other? Like her name is Ellie. You gotta do this. Give her this give her this give her this knife or whatever. And you gotta fucking kill me. You gotta just do it. It's like it's
0: it's brutal. Yeah, it was rough. It was really well done, though. I mean, that's and that's what you get when you have Neil Druck as your co-producer is because he can tell you that he has envisioned that in his mind for as long as he's created this world. And uh, then you can execute it in the best way possible, which is dope. So um, I don't really have much else to say. I really like the finale. I think overall as a season... I would agree with you. It's in like the nine, five, ten range, but I honestly I think once I rewatched it a couple of times, it's probably gonna be closer to ten though. I don't really have any major beef with it. If anything, the only nitpicks I would have would be just like can I get one super long cut that's nine hours that I don't have to take like breaks to switch the episode, you know what I mean? But
1: yeah. The yeah, only it's, um- yeah, the Fantastic. only criticism I have is that I think that the episode lengths, especially toward the end, could have used a little bit more fleshed out, fleshing out. But that's again, that's a Zach criticism and not necessarily a show criticism. Where it's like I would have loved for the finale to be just a little bit longer. Let us linger on some of these conversations. Like we spent this much time, like why not spend just a little bit more just kind of establishing where these characters are
0: emotionally before everything just explodes. Um, Yeah, I think the only thing that you get into trouble with is in the games, you can have, in between cutscenes, you have gameplay where the characters are talking about things that they've discussed while you're interacting with the environment and killing stuff. If you get into that in in the show then you run the risk of just like it's just them walking around talking about stuff and then you're in lost territory where they're just like walking around (laughs) the island having conversations about things you know what i mean so it's like you just got to balance it really well but i get i mean i get what you mean sometimes it felt like there weren't moments to digest what had happened in the same way where in the game you have that time but I don't think that's ever going to be able to happen when you adapt something that's 15 hours versus something that is ultimately going to be like eight.
1: Yeah. No, I think that they did a beautiful job with what they did have. I just think that you could have gone on just a little bit longer. And I'm not saying like that much longer. I just think that 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 finale could have been, I think, like 10 minutes longer. And it doesn't need to be all just them standing around walking. But like there could have been just a little bit more. Uh, Just a little bit more character stuff with the two of them to show the bond, like leading up to the Firefly Hospital, just to make that even more of a gut punch. Yeah, Um, I don't know. I
0: think the him finally confessing the fact that he tried to off himself openly talking about Sarah and then ending that hard conversation by being like, you know what I'm in the mood for is is a pun. And then they read the pun book, which they sure. don't do that in the game. I think that's the perfect encapsulation of their relationship at that point. And then it gets cut short with the flashbang. So don't blame me. Blame the fireflies. You
1: know? <laughs> oh, we all blame the fireflies for everything. They're the reason the, they're the reason the world's injustice.
0: <laughs> they better. I mean, I'm just gonna put this out there. They better find a fucking cure in the third game. Otherwise, the fireflies are literally the cause of all of my problems <laughs> in the franchise.
1: Yeah, that so, you know, and we're coming to the end of the pod. We do have to wrap it up here. But, uh, I mean, do you think that there is a chance – I mean, the third game, like, do you think that there is a chance that there's a third game in development that's going to start being worked on before we – like, because now we're going to start getting to the timeline where it's like, you know, it's been – The Last of Us Part Two came out in 2020, right? Yeah. So it's been three years. It's been two and a half years. Almost three in June yeah Jesus. Um, still plays like some bitch.
0: Let me tell you.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was seven years between the first game and the second game, right? So I'm really hoping that we get a th- third game within the next four, which could time up kind of okay wise with how they're gonna end season two then it's like, you know, we might be able to adapt season three. I don't know. That's looking way ahead down the line, but I just hope that Neil Druckmann is feeling creatively juiced up by this whole process and that he's got a third game in mind because as much as I like the TV show, I still – the game is still – The game's king. Yeah, not even even close.
0: Uh, The third game, if they were like, you can have a second season of the television show or a third game, I would fucking – Ask for a third game and cut off my left hand. Not even, not even a contest. <laughs> I wouldn't cut uh, off my left hand because I'd still want to play it with both my hands. No, but, I but I they would. got that accessible feature stuff now, where you could play it with a sure, yeah, without thumbs. Um, play it with a Wiimote. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: but yeah, I think I, I do think they're actively developing. Um, you follow on Instagram, right? He's been putting up a lot of pictures lately of him hanging out with Ashley and Troy and Hallie Gross and the actress who plays Dina and like all those people. I have no doubt in my mind that he at least has an outline and if that they've been kicking stuff around. I don't know if that's the next Naughty Dog game that comes out because I do think they've been working on something else that they haven't revealed. Factions. In addition to if it is just factions, OK, maybe. But I do think there's actually something else that's like a first party. But we'll see.
1: Time will tell,
0: but I think there's no better time than the present to release a third game than on the popularity of an HBO show, though, if you're trying to sell games. So I do think you're right that there's a possibility that they try to produce a third game within the next four to five years. But we'll see. You have to make it right, though. If it's not right, then... Delay it till the cows come home till it's ready.
1: Well, that I have, that I have even less of a doubt about than the show of doing anything is like I guarantee I, I have Naughty Dog has not steered me wrong in
0: fifteen years, so I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. go ahead and
1: say that I think that I yeah trust I think that you're probably doing.
0: right. The Last of Us Part Two is the biggest risk of all time, right? And they fucking just like took it and they just sent it to the moon. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're just like. <sighs> game is so good I'm gonna play it tomorrow (laughs) yeah I might
1: have to boot it up and play it sometime this week because I was was honestly itching like after the finale I was like you know what I gotta I just want to listen to that opening monologue with the fucking
0: I'll take it to the grave if I have to (laughs) Jesus Christ Joel what did you do I saved her yeah we should say too that the um just really quickly and then we can end it Uh, They didn't hint or infuse anything from part two into this season of television, except for music from the second game was embedded in various moments of of this season of television, which I thought was a good use of Gustavo's multiple pieces that he wrote.
1: You could argue so. that there was the Dina cameo in Jackson that Neil Jackson do allude to. This is
0: fucking 100% this Dina.
1: Yeah. And then you could also argue that the ranch that Ellie's mom goes to that she dies at looks almost identical to the ranch that Ellie and Dina, yeah. Dina live on.
0: Except uh-huh. that it's outside of Boston. If anything, it's more the fact that she asked Joel what he wants to have, and it's a sheep farm. So then she'll take that in part two and when her and Dina move to the farm with J.J. That's gonna be great. That's gonna be heesh. That's who man. <laughs> <laughs> I know every time every time I <laughs> about part two, I'm like, whoo, throw a stick of butt on that. <laughs> that shit's so fucking hot, dude. It's it it fucking kicks. It's not even not even close, man. The fucking fights on TV. Can we
1: get uh can we get fucking like
0: Oh, God, I want someone
1: cool to be like one of the Seraphites.
0: I want uh, I really want Ryan Gosling to be Owen, like really badly, but he might be a little too old, depending on if they old. try to age match um, Abby and Bella Ramsey, which I think they will. And then about if you Austin do that... Butler.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what about You're Austin old. Butler as Jesse instead? <laughs> oh, God. No, you can't do that. Uh Jesse's such a cool character, man. Damn yeah. that game is so good. Yeah, it is. All right. Danny, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. <laughs> this guy's got to pin down. That'll be like uh, I think they they did a really good job of casting people like Scott Shepard who played David. I bet you they find a lot of people that they can fit in there, but Bella Ramsey and Pedro have some decent amount of back history before the show started, same with Nick Offerman. The Abby casting is big. I've heard some people talk about, not online, but like in my own friend circles, Maisie Williams as Abby, which I think is interesting well, in terms of matching size with. Maisie the, Williams was attached to be Ellie for like years. Right. I actually think that that could be good. I could see her as Dina, though, as well. Um, hmm. We shall see. Yeah.
1: Time will tell, but yeah, someone from that HBO family is gonna be in that second season. We just gotta think about that. But that'll be that's a pod for another time is casting and planning the Last of Us Part Two HBO series. So we'll get to that when we get to it. But until then, we got a girthy ass pod this evening. But thank you for joining me, my friend John Swansong Parker. Uh, you can follow us at radiovania.com, radiovania show at gmail.com for the questions, comments at Radiovania on Twitter, radiovania show at gmail.com. All the places, all the things, everywhere you want to be. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, yeah. John, on this beefy Oscars Last of Us pod, give me a, uh, oh, God. Give me an Austin Butler Elvis quote to end the
0: podcast. <laughs> and you're going to come in, you're going to go. <laughs> Beautiful. That's all right, mama. That's all-